What is going on? Good afternoon. And um, I'm pissed because I can't, I'm trying to figure out how to put my Santa hat on <laughs> without the headphones being so, it's weird. But um, the, with that being said, I'm going to hold the Santa hat up. Um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we are two days away from Christmas, uh, tomorrow's Christmas Eve. And um, yeah, I mean, Hope I have, hope everyone is enjoying the the nice warmth of their home. Uh, I know in this cold weather, you know, different states have different, you know, weather weather advisories. I know up in, in Jersey, we have snow advisories and wind chill. I know tomorrow's gonna be like eight degrees tomorrow. So uh, yeah, I mean, up, here, here uh, in Georgia, we have our, like our, a, our first comment. Uh, Todd Owens, what's up, Jordan and Kyle? What's, what's going up, on, Todd? Man? Yeah, like I was saying that, you know, even here in Georgia, we have like a state of emergency because I think it's supposed to get down to like nine degrees or something like that. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird to see like this blanket cold weather just everywhere. I was kind of fitting. I mean, it's Christmas time. Yeah. So, I mean, how you doing, Kyle? Man, I mean, I know like... uh this is like our second to last episode technically before like the new year starts i mean because this week and then um next week yep. um i'm probably gonna decide to do season five next year see season four was like you know all of this year um but yeah i mean how, how you doing man how you feeling are you feeling are you feeling festive today or <laughs> i mean yeah i'm good you know it's like I said, a couple of days out, I'll probably check out a lot of, you know, Christmas movies and stuff over the weekend. But uh, looking forward to Christmas Day, even on a sports front, since that's, you know, what we do on here. You go, We're going to have NFL, NBA. I think that's it. Uh, well, there might be a college bowl game or something, but I mean, it's just going to be a packed day. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to watch it all, but. Uh, but I mean, yeah, other than that, you know, it's been cool coming out to the end of the year. You know, I joined up with you on here later into the year, but, you know, it's been fun. So uh can't wait for 2023. I know it's going to be a big deal, not only for this show, but, you know, our shows over the network, uh, my show as well. So Damn, it was negative five. Can't wait. Shoot, man, <laughs> that is like frozen tundra weather. Yeah, almost. I mean, frozen times you get like negative twenty and negative fifteen easily, right? Yeah, man. I mean, this is a you know time for um, giving instead of gifting. You know, receiving instead of receiving instead of giving or receiving instead of getting. Um, you know, um, you know, or is it the other way? Is, is it gifting? I think trying to say is about. <laughs> It's about giving instead giving, of receiving. Yeah, yes, yeah. giving instead of receiving. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's about family and, you know, spend time with them and uh, going to next year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's uh, just dive into the first couple topics of the NBA um, schedule. Um, let's see what we got. So, um, so yeah, there was this article. I think it was like a post I saw like on Instagram. It was official, but James Harden like came out. And like we all know, he got shipped out to Philadelphia um, to pair up with Embiid, and um, you know, 
Mm-hmm. At the time, Steve Nash was the coach, and it was like, you know, KD, Kyrie, and Harden, the big three. But you all know they never really joined together. Um, I got to look at the, the specific of what James said because he kind of like threw – let me see, James Harden. He kind of like the way I looked at it was he kind of like not the he didn't throw the team under the bus, but he kind of did low key without kind of like calling anybody out. But I got his. Yeah, I mean, if he did, I guess I could kind of understand because that Brooklyn experiment was a disaster. I fully believe that a lot of his issues in Brooklyn were probably Kyrie driven because. Kyrie wasn't around a lot, which put more responsibility on him. And and to him, I feel like he wasn't going there for that. He was going there to be one of the big three, not one of a big two and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I know that you're talking, you said like throwing shade at KD. And even if he did that, I would feel like that would be on a, probably like a leadership like type of criticism. Because I think most people who, you know, watch the NBA or kind of followed Kevin Durant's career or seen kind of the steps he's made, I I mean, I have no problem questioning that because, you know, you think about the burner accounts and all that kind of stuff, not really leader type. Um, His time in Golden State, you know, supposedly being jealous of it being Steph Curry's team and never being his team. That's not leader qualities there. And then even his time in Brooklyn outside of Harden, but a lot of people look at him and, and want him to take more of a leadership role in terms of dealing with Kyrie. So they think like a lot of the Kyrie issues fall on KD for not stepping up and fixing all of that. So if he's questioned KD's leadership, I'm pretty sure most of us have done that over the years. I guess I wouldn't be mad at that but then again, like looking at Harden, I mean, can we really respect the way that he's kind of, I guess, moving around in his career? You know, those years in Houston, then he failed, and then he like ballooned, like ballooned up to the point where they had to move him because he wanted out. And then, yeah, it's always like a question of him, like how committed is he? to an NBA season. So I, I don't know if he's the right person to bring that up, but, you know, I mean, can't be mad for him having an opinion. Yeah, I, I'm trying to find the statement. Um, I think I saved it. Did I save it? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, thank God. Because I, I always save posts. I, I, so um, it was uh, – this is what he um, – he, this is him op- opening up about his time in Brooklyn. Um, it was just there was no structure in Brooklyn, and meaning uh, they they put in parentheses Brooklyn. Um, even and even superstars they need structure, and even superstars they need structure. Mm-hmm. I knew people were going to talk and say you quit and all that stuff, but then the following summer the other superstar there, Kevin Durant, they put I guess he didn't say his name, but in the post they said Kevin Durant um, wanted to leave. So it's like, am I still this quitter? Um, so, I mean, I mean, does he have a point? Because like KD, I mean, he did come out, obviously it was originally Kyrie and then they got James Harden. And then, um, we all saw the news that KD was going to the Nets and then 
I mean, I know injury was a factor. KD was dealing with that Achilles. Um, mm-hmm. Coming back from that, Kyrie was, you know, in the political realm of trying, you know, for like the black community and getting everyone, you know, because of the George Floyd, um, you know, incident that happened that sparked the whole nation. Um, him, you know, him with his stance on that. And then here comes James Harden, and then he got injured. So they never really had, I think they played like 14 games total of them on the floor together as, or maybe even like maybe more than 14 games. But I mean, I know James Harden is not the Harden of old, you know, not the Harden like, 60 point a night Harden we've seen in Houston, but I, I'll kind of criticize Harden a little bit, you know, here and there with, you know, him being available and healthy and stuff. But yeah. he, does, he does have a point where, I mean, we there were reports that Katie wanted out of Brooklyn. You know, he wanted, he, he was, it was either um, him, him leaving or um, uh, Steve Nash and uh, Sean Marks mm-hmm. gone. Um, so, Talk to me, Kyle. Like, do you think that – do you feel a little bit about what Harden is saying to a point where, you know, yes, there, there are three superstars on the team. There's structure. There needs to be structure. But was he – was Harden really labeled a quitter when Katie wanted out? I mean, yeah, because, I mean, I've been one of those who said that Brooklyn's issues have been structure as well. And I think part of that is, you know, Josiah being so new to maybe the NBA ownership experience that I kind of think Katie and Kyrie thought they could walk all over him. And that was like evident in the point that they wanted Steve Nash to be the coach. Very first press conference, Kyrie talking about we don't need a coach. So that kind of, you know, cut any voice that Steve Nash was going to have in the locker room like from day one. Right. Then Steve Nash becoming the scapegoat for all of their issues, even though KD and Kyrie weren't, you know, vibing when they were, when they were playing, especially in that playoff series. I mean, Kyrie kind of quit, and a lot of it fell on KD. But then the Ben Simmons aspect of it, so it, it's just like a whole bunch of that's a whole other you know, factor right there. The Ben Simmons thing, that's a whole other. Yeah, and, and it's like, it seems like the, the organization can't make the right decision. They constantly do the wrong, wrong, wrong thing. Now, I do think the fact that when they fired Steve Nash and they made Jock Vaughn the coach, I thought, I mean, I think that's probably the first win that they had in his organization in a while. And we're kind of seeing they're playing better now. You know, you can attribute that to Kyrie looking like he's committed to this season, playing it out. Uh, a factor in that could also be that he's looking for a new deal. But, I mean, they look good now. And if you look at Harden over in Philly, I'd probably say Brooklyn looks better right now. And I'm sure Harden probably wasn't thinking that when he you know, got out of there. But, I, I mean, I'm not mad at him for the stuff that was going on while he was there for wanting out. I mean, it's kind of a tired story with Harden at this point where he wants out and he finds a way to get out of places. But from his statement, I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Brooklyn had issues with their structure. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with, I mean, him as far as like, you know, as far as like having three superstars. I mean, obviously 
when those three were playing, like everyone thought that Brooklyn was going to like win the finals and get to the finals and get a championship because they had three All Stars on. But I mean, I know, like you said, injuries were a factor, um, hardened injuries, and then the whole Ben Simmons saga um, of him, you know, in street clothes, you know, not wanting to play and having that nostalgia of the Hawks game. I mean, I really what it was. I mean, he kind of gave up a, a easy layup. <laughs> I mean. Um, there's times where Ben and he, there's times where Ben is still still is scared to go up for the, to the basket and go for a dunk. But um, but I do like I do love like the whole switch around with the coaching um, carousel because I knew Jock Peterson or not Jock Peterson. I mean Jock. I mean um, Jock Jock Vaughn. Jock Vaughn. Jock Vaughn. I mean had really like you know has made every player on his team accountable for their like defensive mi- mistakes and. Mm-hmm. Not saying that Nash didn't do that because we don't know what we don't know what he he. I mean, we we weren't in a locker room during the speeches he had, but just seeing this team play, like I've seen the whole change. I mean, Ben Simmons is playing well, Kyrie's playing well, Katie's playing well. He's 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 uh he's wrote he's written his MVP cal- or talks like in the conversation. He's like he's like number five or number six. And the MVP talk uh, where at toward the beginning of the season, like they really didn't have any chemistry because Ben wasn't really playing. Kyrie was, you know, suspended for those couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Jock Vaughn has really, like, you know, um, created a culture that um, the Nets need. Um, like, you know, like, I know your teams in the East, the Celtics, mm-hmm. um, and what a time to, like, get it going because, like, you know, Celtics have been losing games. I mean, they lost to the Magic. They almost lost to the Lakers. Uh, lost twenty. I mean, even though y'all won, but y'all, who y'all lose to the Warriors without Curry? So y'all are having issues. Oh, Curry you know, played in that game. Oh, he did play. Uh, yeah. Um, what was the score of that game? Uh, I mean, I know y'all got smacked like one twenty to one twenty to one twenty or one twenty to one one hundred or something like that. Something like that. I got something like that. Um, but. I mean, like, what a time for the Nets to come together, you know, with the, uh, I mean, with the Celtics, um, the and then Milwaukee's number one in the East now, right now, like, so, mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, but for Brooklyn, their, their success is going to be based off of the playoffs, because when KD and Kyrie were put together, everybody assumed championships haven't come close. I do think Brooklyn kind of misread the room with the whole bringing in Harden because if you look around the NBA, we've kind of gone away from the whole big three aspect of the league. Most teams now have a good duo, and then you need depth behind it. But for some reason, Brooklyn wanted to go against that trend and be like, oh, we're just going to bring in three big stars. The rest of our team will be a bunch of whatevers, and we'll just make it work. And it's like, no, that doesn't work anymore. That worked maybe five to ten years ago, but we started slowly moving away from that just recently. So that's what I think it is. And the fact that, you know, Durant and Kyrie are playing well right now, Ben Simmons, who, I mean, I guess is supposed to be a big three type of guy, but I mean, I'm not calling Ben Simmons a star or superstar or anything like that. I mean, he could. I mean, if he gets his mind right, he could be. 
I mean, that's a big if. I'm, just, a, talking, I'm just talking about right now. Right now, yeah, yeah, is right now, he's a <laughs> he's like a two A two B type of option. Like I'm to, when I was talking about like the big three era, it was like you get a bunch of like alpha male number one guys, put three of them together, and then you fill out the rest of your roster with. Yeah, I'm like, not sure who this is, but yeah, I mean, the next of a big two and a half. Right, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So it's not big threes anymore. It's big two. Well, they have two and a half. But I mean, just look around the league. You know, the Celtics, Tatum and Brown. Milwaukee, Giannis, Middleton. Um, Cleveland, you could say Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland. So well, out west, you know, Golden State, you'd say Clay Curry. Because Draymond Green is, he's an important aspect for sure, but you wouldn't consider Draymond Green like a superstar. So, I mean, Dallas, there's other teams that are still trying to find that second person, like Dallas, where it's Luka and fill in the blank with whoever you want to fill in with on that night. So, uh, we'll have to see if Ben Simmons, like you said, gets his mind right and I guess elevates to the level that people expected from him when, when he was coming out, coming into the league, then I guess that maybe they could buck the trend, but yeah. So once again, whoever the Facebook user is, yeah, that's why I said a couple of minutes ago, like you have to go with two stars and depth. That's the only way you're going to win in today's NBA. Yeah, two stars in a deep rotation is better. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I mean, we've seen that with the Warriors. I mean, in prior years, you know, you had the. Uh, I mean, well, is Clay still in his prime? Do you think, or do you think he's with the injuries? Do you think? Because I was going to say prime Clay when, you know, like, like Gene has had mentioned on the Monday Night Show, like the that Clay where he it was like, like six, like forty points off of six dribbles or something like that. That kind of clay, and then you have Curry mm-hmm. and Draymond. That that, that um, you could also, but you kind of equate that to their struggling this season. No, well, I'm saying Curry's like, good. Well, I'm saying just like prior, like prior Warriors teams where they had like you know, like yeah, it was always Curry and, clay, that, and then you had come to that state Draymond, you know Dollar guys like that. So yeah, so yeah, I mean their depth was just like they had all yeah. that off the bench for the center. So like it's like. A Mooney, I think Mooney was on the team at the center. Like if he went down to the bench, Zaza can, can step up. Or if um, great Draymond Green got in foul trouble, like Iguodala can step up. And he's a better, at the time, he was a better three point shooter than Draymond, like maybe a corner specialist, I would say Iguodala would be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, their depth was deep up on that team. Um, yeah, they, they caused the trend in the NBA right now. Teams. Tried to find ways oh, yeah. to build teams. Aboza, to... Barnes, Livingston, Eggy, exactly. Bogut. Wow. Like, whoever this, I don't know who is c- contributing, but it says Facebook user. But yeah. you bring up good points. Barbosa, Bo- Matt, uh, I mean, uh, Harrison Barnes, Livingston, Eggy, Bogut, pre KD. They were, yeah, they were like, I mean, but I, have a, I mean, I have a hot take. I mean, obviously, everyone probably agrees with me or not, but I mean, the Warriors didn't really need KD. I mean, they. I mean, I mean, they had Curry, Clay, Draymond. I mean, I think KD was the asset that they wanted, um, just in case like someone you know was in foul trouble or whatever, and they had another superstar with, with, 
with, with KD or with Curry, but keep on the Warriors didn't didn't need KD. I mean, I mean, I sure. I mean, do you think that's like if you, you have, if, the if they had that, the chance to get them, they weren't going to be like, oh no, yeah, we're good. But like, do you think that that year that the Warriors were in the playoffs with LeBron went, you know, that KD hit that clutch three against LeBron? Do you think that that championship run with KD? Do you, do you think they would have won that series with without KD on the team, or do you think they could have won with K, uh, Curry, Clay, and Draymond? I don't know. Um, do they get back to the same spot? Yes. Uh, I don't know because it's not like KD didn't bring anything to the team, so that's where I'm like, I don't know. Because when you have Curry and Clay, you know, the way that they play with Curry, you know, running off a lot of screens and all right, well, Facebook user answer. Let's see. I think they did just because of how much LeBron leveled up in the finals. LeBron went ballistic and without KD, I'm not. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm thinking. And and I know like it's a lot of people like to disregard KD's run in Golden State and, you know, all that cupcake and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, can you get mad at him if maybe he was frustrated in Oklahoma City? He got close a couple of years, didn't happen, and he just wanted to go somewhere, have fun, and win for a few years. I can't be mad at that. Now, I guess my point, I guess my point was, like, I mean, KD had a prime Westbrook I mean, electric, like Harden. Win though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they, uh, if you can't beat them, join them. I mean, they were up three one against them, right, in the finals. Hmm. Yeah, but and then what happened? Or in the conference finals. I mean, I mean. Well, I mean, I think for KD, it was like yes, Westbrook was in his prime then, but Westbrook still wasn't a great shooter. Oh no, but he was still like an elite slasher. Yeah, but I think when it came down to like those gritty, gritty moments late in Western Conference Finals or or in NBA Finals. I think to KD, you know, Westbrook's lack of shooting would would only get them so far. Because there's only so much that KD could have done. Now, I'm one of those who does think that if he had stayed there, I think eventually they'd probably figure it out. Yeah, of course. But maybe KD also seen, because, you know, they used to have, it was him, Russ, Harden, they had a Baca. They let Ibaka go first, and I feel like that was the that was the wrong move. Then Harden came along, because at that point Harden was just a six man, but he was like a really good six man. So I don't know. It's an interesting question though. Like if he stays in Oklahoma City, what do they look like? I've also wondered if he stayed in Golden State, what state would the NBA be in? Like would it just be you know? Like the gauntlet, just snapping the fingers every year, and they're just there in the finals, and you know NBA fans just being frustrated by it. I don't know, but I mean, there are so many teams that KD could have could have gone to. He could have just created his own legacy if, with another team. I mean, he was like, oh damn, they got Curry. They got. I mean, obviously, if I was KD, I would probably join them as well. But I'm saying, if some other team, they could have like you know, they they already had their system. You know, what I'm saying. I've heard just, people say that, but then I bring up one example. Celtics had a big three. LeBron got sick of running up against them, getting beat up, losing. He knew 
his buddy Dwayne Wade was sitting in Miami, struggling his butt off. So coordinated a way that he could go there, bring Chris Bosh, because he realized if you're going to go up against KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, those those two other guys with him in Miami would, would have been his best chance to do that. So it's like, could LeBron have stayed in Cleveland and just been there his whole career, write this crazy legacy, winning a title or two over there? Sure. But at that point, LeBron's probably frustrated of being in the league so long, having teams get deep into the playoffs to not really win. So he went to Miami. He learned how to win from Pat Riley and all that kind of stuff, and then kind of took that to his other spots. So it's just a different NBA. You know, we're, we're out of the NBA with guys from like 80s and the 90s where it's like, you know, Reggie Miller types who was in Indiana, could have gone somewhere else. He stayed there. Win or lose, he was a pacer for life. I mean, AI had his run with the Sixers, but then later his career at Denver and all that. But today's league, it's like people are going to move. We just have to live with it. They want to play Wait, with their so, buddies. They want to do all that. And it's like, okay. So were you just comparing the LeBron decision to Miami compared to LeBron? KDs because I compare it all the time. People don't want to hear it, but I don't want to hear that because I don't. I, I, I it, it, it is it like because I mean, yeah. you, you, but KD, it's like you, KD loved you, Oklahoma City, you joined the Warriors because he won, yeah, the, the team that beat them. Okay, I mean, they made a spot available for him if you were a team that. You, if you join a team that lost to you, wouldn't you hate them? Who hates anybody in the NBA today? As far There's as very like few individual teams, very like... few like player rivalries in the league. Like when you see the two teams go up against each other, you know a couple players will get into it. I mean, One I, like I can think ro- of. I guess they had the rivalries Celtics, Celtics like Philly. Marcus Smart and Joel Embiid will get into it no matter what. I can guarantee you that. But for the most part, everybody pretty much loves everybody. Chris Paul. Chris Paul probably hates Scott Foster at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, yeah, LeBron. But I think the fact that you can't really compare. I think the KD move was more about Steph Curry and wanting to play with Steph Curry because it looks like fun. Same way That's LeBron. True. LeBron probably saw the aspect of, but the he thing with Aiden Bosch could do some things. I I guess the thing with LeBron is like he the way the way you can't really compare is because like he went back to Cleveland and got him a title where KD didn't come back to Oakland he didn't give him a title so he went back there when Kyrie and Kevin Love established themselves. So he just made the same move again. Just that nobody cared because he went back to Cleveland. Yeah, I, I mean, I I'm, once again, I'm not one of those I'm not one of those who like looks at, you know, what KD did and goes, oh my God, KD, how could you? It's like, look around the league. The guy in LeBron who was celebrated for doing some of the same stuff but KD, we want to vilify. It's like, no, just leave it as it is. 
you know, they both made decisions based off of best chance to win. Yeah. That's yeah, it. like, just like you said, um, how, like, the Warriors were the first kind of, like, modern team to, like, have that depth, that bench depth. I think that the Warriors also started a team where, I mean, they have so many big egos on the team. And just the fact that, you know, it didn't work out. And, like, after they won the title, I mean, you know, Draymond and Katie got, got into it. You know, Katie said some said some stuff. Graves said some stuff. And there's so many Eagles on one team. Like, I mean, obviously Kerr did kind of a good job to, like, you know, bring them all together. But, you know, if Katie, if, if, if the Eagles were, were all even and stuff, I mean, Katie was sitting on the Warriors. No, no ifs or buts about it. But – KD wanted to, you know, make, make a legacy for himself, possibly in Brooklyn, like, you know, but obviously things have gone south in Brooklyn these past couple of years, like with the whole, you know, chemistry and uh, the whole coaching issues and the whole Ben Simmons factor and the whole, you know, but obviously they got that, the, the coaching stuff situated with Jock Vaughn for, for the time being, but I mean, what? The Sometimes question, I what wonder will... if KD actually cares about his legacy. Uh, for some reason, I get this because the way he kind of acts, it seems like he doesn't. But then the burner accounts and stuff like that makes you think he really cares about it. He's 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 an odd guy to kind of figure out. And in some way, I'm, I mean, I'm not mad at it. I mean, I think the burner account thing is hilarious that you know like i can sit here put something on twitter somebody likes it or whatever i don't care yeah, but he will, but he but will go after as an athlete like legitimately cares what people say about him it's hilarious and i, I mean to an extent i mean i feel like you, if at the play you have to care what people say about you but like the obvious focus of the focus of being a player is to focus on your team and not the outside noise you right know what I'm like but but I feel like, yeah, as I mean, an athlete, I think I, there's going to be people who are going to troll against you and just hate on you no matter what you do. And then there's going to be a f- fans that are going to love everything you do. And almost to take a sidestep, I saw this with the Celtics recently. Um, Jason Tatum missed a game to do, well, to celebrate his son's birthday. And he did like a charity thing in St. Louis. And I probably made the first mistake of, going to Facebook after the game because I'm in like a Celtics group on there. I already knew what I was going to see, but some of the people were like, you know, how could he miss this game? Yeah, what, what was more important? And I was like, he celebrated his son's birthday and gave back to his hometown area. That's more important than a basketball game. But people were like, oh, he could have done it on an off day. I was like, bro, it's a game in the middle of December. Who cares? Like, did he miss a finals game? No. Did he miss a playoff game? No. Are they... Well, at that point, they were still in first place, but I was like, did they have a good start to the season? Yeah. If he wants to take a day off to do something like that, why are we going to sit here and act like he was wrong to pick that day? Like, some sometimes fans, I, I just don't get it with them. It makes no sense. So that's yeah. on like with KD. There's gonna be fans that no matter what he does, they're gonna to try to troll him on whatever thing, and it's like to make up burner accounts to try to, I guess, give yourself support. I, whatever. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I get like the because like being a fan of like a you know being a sports fan in general, like you know you like you love to have that the fan to player interaction because mostly you know yeah. a, a, a lot of players are busy, you know, practicing, traveling, and teams and games and stuff. And but KD is like one of those players where there's a couple boys that from my school and Mount Clare, I know one of them. Like they made they had their own podcast and like they were deciding like this topic like it's KD like what when it comes to like LeBron and Jordan where's KD on this list and like their 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 episode went viral and they on Twitter and they shared it out and KD responded to it like that's just that's crazy like that you know KD responds to you know critics and stuff and um yeah that's pretty cool in that aspect i think that's kind of one of the interesting things with the social media age that athletes are going through now you know athletes can use social media in two different ways you can use it to connect with fans and kind of humanize yourself to them or you use it to almost like flaunt your status in fans faces which a lot of fans don't like and then makes it easier for them to hate you but you know that and that part like you're saying that's cool if you're doing a show you know yeah. tag a team or something or tag a player and the player responds like that's that's a big deal that's pretty cool i think bringing attention to one the podcast and then like like wow katie responded <laughs> but like yeah. um i guess speaking of okay i guess the next question would be um uh, so the, are are the Pelicans the overall best team in the league right now, or in the West? Because they were towards the middle of the pack at the beginning of the season. Um, I think they are number one right now. I think at nineteen wins. Let me see their record. Uh, with Memphis Zion, you know, going on. When that, oh, I think Memphis might be number one right now. Now, maybe. wow! Now, now Denver will. I mean, New Orleans are half game back from from Denver. Okay. Um, November or New Orleans at that nineteen and twelve, and Denver's at nineteen and eleven. Okay, so it's not that far off. But I mean, I guess I guess I had this question when they were number one. Um, right, right, yeah. At the time, so. I, I know. So um, I mean, Zion. I mean, added twenty five point two points. Um, he's averaging like. Five defensive rebounds, seven rebounds in total, um, four assists, one point two steals per game. Um, you know, so I mean, where do you see? Do you? I mean, where do you see this team? I know it's too early to decide, but like, what do you see this New Orleans Pelicans team? And like, after the All Star break, getting to a playoff seed, like, what are? Where do you see them? I think New Orleans. You know, depending on Zion's health and everything are probably the most intriguing team in basketball because, I mean, I, I could see them winning the West. I, could I feel, like, see I feel them... like this is Brett low-key. I don't I know. I feel like Brett because he's very well educated in the NBA. Um, but it doesn't say his name, but Brett, that's you, man. I don't know. But... I mean, it could be. It could be Gene. <laughs> could be Gene. It could be Key. It could be anyone. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It is. It well, is Brett. Hey, Brett. Man, we, we we really like it. Okay. Thank you for the comments, What's man. Going on, Brett? Um, well, I, okay. So the interesting thing is, before the season, on my channel, I did a preview thing. And I I said the top four 
we're going to be the Pelicans, Nuggets, Grizzlies, and I might have said the Suns. Maybe the Suns are Mavericks. The Suns is the one I'm like the having the biggest trouble with, like seeing how they're playing right now. But the other three before the season, I I could see it because you know with the Pelicans, the the intrigue with them is that we saw last season what Willie Green did. They took the Suns as far as they could, and it's like a real exciting atmosphere down there. They have like a great group of guys on that team you know they have like Alvarado types who are just pests on defense and cause a lot of commotion they have Brandon Ingram who you know if this Brandon Ingram were still in LA LA would be golden right now but you know with his maturity he's become such a great player that I feel like he Zion and McCullum could be a major problem for teams in the west I still, I'm still on the Nuggets bandwagon with this because I also made the prediction that I think the Nuggets win the West this year. But even with the Nuggets, you know they have to make sure Jamal Murray stays healthy and Michael Porter Jr. I think Michael Porter Jr. is the the key player for the Nuggets if they want to make it to the finals. But I mean, I can't turn a blind eye to what the Pelicans are doing. Like they're fun to watch. They, you know, they have you know, Zion, they have Valanchunas, who fits in perfectly with that team. I just like the way that their team's constructed, and I think Willie Green is a great young coach. So, could they come out of the West? Yeah. And I feel like with each passing week, I feel more and more, I feel like the percentage for them goes up more and more probably as like Phoenix stock drops off. I mean, I've never been a big believer in Phoenix anyway. I thought when they lost to the Bucks, that was basically their championship window closing. So I, I just like the change in the West. It's like the new young yeah. teams are coming up and a lot of the older teams are kind of falling back. Yeah, it's like it's like every day, like the freaking the, um, the conference in the West is just flip-flops. Um <laughs> It's but it's all the young teams. Caesar, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Pelicans. Yeah. Like, I mean, LA is like a half, one half game back to 19 or 14. Sacramento is one of those teams that's, you know, 17 13 or two games um, above or below 500. Or, I'm sorry, below the They're an, five, interesting, the they're an interesting team, too. This, the Kings um, are interesting. It's crazy because Utah was number one. Like, in the first week of the season, there was, was whole, uh, the whole hype on them. It was whole like Laurie marketing and everyone. Um, Nobody bought into that. Uh, Nobody. Yeah, I, I don't remember anybody who bought into the Jazz. Yeah, we. Yeah, I mentioned that um, in the group chat on the network. Like, I feel like, I mean, like, I think either you, Kyle, or Brett said it. Like, like Michael Porter Jr. is like the next man. Up other than mm-hmm. Jokic, um, but Brett makes a point where if I mean if for just stay healthy, yeah, you have that depth there at that at that position, but um, get like getting another another forward to like to help carry a look, get the load off of Jokic because he can't do that. He can't do that every single night. Him, he could, 
But I mean, there's a there's a times where he needs some rest or you know taking plays off. So at, at another like, another big another forward. I mean, I would say Gordon, but he's not really like he's not really. I was about to say Aaron, Aaron Gordon is supposed to fill that, but I think without Porter Jr. asking Aaron Gordon Aaron Gordon to do a little bit too much that he can handle. So I I can I can agree with this the, about them getting another forward. I just wonder who out there is available that they could get. I mean, some reason the name Jeremy Grant popped in my head. Yeah. He might fit in there. Uh, I mean, Brett could probably, you know, respond back see, and I see. Yeah, I, I can see uh, Cam Reddish too in that spot. Kind of like, kind of like I, in that. I'm starting to wonder about Cam Reddish. Like, why didn't it work in Atlanta? Or New York, I think the one part was injury. Um, what's up, Dig? Especially New York, more so New York than Atlanta. When Atlanta took him, Crowder. What do you do? What do you do? I didn't uh, even think about Crowder because Crowder's not playing in Phoenix. They got to do something with him. Crowder would Crowder would absolutely fit in Denver. Yeah, Diggs, by the way, we're talking about this NBA talk, you know what I'm saying? Just chime in your thoughts and everything if you're still here, man. Um, but, yeah, Brett, he, Crowder, he, he, he's kind of had his way with Sean. That's, that's interesting. Um, but, I mean, look at the Sands. I mean, I know the Lakers are 13 and 18. I mean, the Warriors are um, the Warriors are 15 and 18. I mean, they're five and a half games. But, I mean, the West is kind of like – Still open. I mean, Lakers are six, six, six and a half games. This is and this is prior to them making moves. So who knows how what's what that's gonna you know how that's gonna Laker happen. Fan, I mean, Laker fans are gonna hold on to that rope as long as they can. I mean, I mean, we do have a. a I mean, we we do have a, a, a kind of easy path right now. We have the Hornets uh, tonight. Um, the Lake or the Mavericks on Sunday. Actually, on Christmas, um, nothing's nothing's gonna come easy without AD. Ma- Magic and Lakers, um, Heat, they're sixteen and sixteen. Uh, Hawks. So, pretty. I mean, I, I mean, I would say pretty, pretty easy. easy, or I would say winnable games. Um, you know, these last couple games in December. In January, we we have you know Hornets again, the Heat, Hawks, Kings, Nuggets, Mavericks. We play the Sixers again, Rockets, Kings again. Um, the Knicks, Spurs. This is in January, but I mean, barring any any trades, um, any moves you make, I mean, hey, the West can be shooken up. I mean. Even when War- Curry comes back, the Warriors can be look different. I mean, I, don't, I see Warriors Curry giving the Warriors a boost, um, and they're five and a half games back from five, from top spot. Lakers are six and a half games above below the top spot. So I mean, the only team that's kind of like out of the out of the is Houston, and I would say Sacramento because you know nine they're nine twenty two or they're ten and twenty one. So I mean, they all know what they're doing. They're probably taking to get. When named Yana or whatever, but we'll see. Wait, you said uh, Sacramento? No, no, I mean, um, yeah, no, I mean, I meant San Antonio. I was about to say, I was like, Sacramento had to be better than that, I thought. Yeah, um, yeah they're 10 and 21, Sacramento, and then uh, Houston is 9 21. 
LeBron yeah, has San Antonio. Like 120 offensive rating over the past 10 games. He comes up a lot lately. They need to make a move to address the guard spot. I definitely agree. I gotta have to work. Gotta have head. Gotta head well, to the, work. Great the show. I think the AD injury. They have to address. Oh, gotta head to work. Oh yeah, man. Thank, thank you. Thanks for tuning in, Brett. Thanks for your um, obviously your MJ yeah. insider um input. I like that. And um, yeah, enjoy the holidays, man. Yeah. Have a great Happy holidays. holidays for sure. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like Brett, I want to put this back up. Like Brett has posted 120 off the rating, which is pretty good. I mean, as you see, he, he obviously not pretty good. That's like great. Um, but like Brett said, we need some pieces to like help out with LeBron. I mean, obviously, 80s out maybe a month, maybe a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, his offensive rating also won't mean anything unless wins come with it. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, that that is a factor, but I mean, that proves that you know we need you know another guard because I'm mean, obviously Beverly can't get points. He's, I mean, <laughs> like the only person that's really been good is Lonnie Walker. I mean, that's the one that's that's I like that trade that that. He dunks, he can shoot. Because these are all issues the Lakers had going into the season. Well, I mean, I don't, some I mean, Lakers I did, fans try to tell me Pat Beverly's I mean, a 3 and D guy. I don't well, know where that reputation came from. I, I never said that shit. No, I'm just saying, all the Lakers fans are like, oh, he's a 3 and D guy. No, he's not. Yeah. Stop using that term for these guys. I mean, I can say he can, he, he, he can shoot the three, but not this year. He, he makes like shoot. one a game. <laughs> Maybe one or two, yeah. Um, he scores like six points. But, I mean, and now all of a sudden, that, he's calling everybody little. It's I mean, like I guess it gives that that defensive aspect of the game, like you know, kind of like eh. you know, in people's faces. I guess. I mean, you want to like him on the Celtics, man? Like no. giving that fire on your team? No. Marcus <laughs> Smart's a much better version. Yeah. No. Patrick Beverly, man. I, I, somebody needs to talk to him. Because I saw the clip of the other night against Sacramento. He made the little post move. He slapped the floor, put his put his like tower too small. They were down by 20. Okay, Patrick Beverly. Thanks for playing. <laughs> True. I, yeah. I mean, that's where, that's where we need. I mean, so I guess the next question is what – I mean, obviously you're a Celtics fan, but I mean, what guard would you want to see on the Lakers like that could fit or that would give us that boost? I know it's kind of like an on the fly question because it wasn't like in the. No, that's fine. I'm trying to think of a guard who would be available. I mean, I've said, you know, could they get somebody out of Charlotte? Like a, wanna, like a Terry Rozier? I've said Terry Rozier would work there. Because Terry Rozier gives you defense. He's a scorer. Now, he can he can have some games where he'll put up like a 4 for 20. And you kind of have to deal with it. That's streaky, yeah. But a, a guy like that, or maybe... I mean, is it, is it Buddy Hill still in the conversation? Or Miles Turner? If I'm Indiana, why am I giving up Buddy Heald? Like, have you have you seen the Pacers play lately? They're, I, they're not bad. Like I Halliburton, Heald, the, they they 
they're they're dangerous. Um, Turner, well, I mean, Turner doesn't fix your guard issue. No, oh, yeah. But Turner would, I guess, help for those games where AD may miss or something. Does Turner fix there? Sure, yes. Ah, guard spot, guard spot. I'm trying to think of a team that has like a lot of guards that needs to move one. I mean, Miami, could you get Duncan Robinson? I'm not a big Duncan Robinson guy, but... He's 3D, he's 3D too. Hmm. Oh, okay. If Chicago decides to blow it up... Levine. Can you get Levine? I heard Levine wants like the Lakers, man. I, that, that's what I, I saw a report saying that. that, I, mean, that I, have, I have my questions about Levine, but he's, he yeah. at least would give them athleticism at the guard spot. I mean, Westbrook's athletic, yeah, but uh, the fact that, you know, his lack of shooting is still still hurting him. I mean, we oh, saw it in uh, the Celtics game. Where yeah. The Celtics kind of backed off of him in overtime because he was like the one guy who had energy left. And right. he, I mean, he tried as hard as he could to try to keep the minute in overtime. But after a while, it was just him taking jump shots and missing it and that's that was kind of the end of the game for them, but I feel like they 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 have to find an upgrade over Pat Beverly. If you want to bring him off the bench, fine, but he should not be playing like starter minutes because he doesn't he doesn't fix anything that they need. I agree. I agree. Um, like when can T start to make trades? I guess like soon. They they could have made trades all now. Trade deadline's not until. Maybe like late February, I think. So they can make trades all, all to like February. I think the thing is, is just trying to find like the assets and like the the picks. Because that's another question: What do the Lakers have that teams want? They don't have draft picks, really. So if you go to like Utah and one of those young teams, they're gonna want draft picks like this year, next year, like pretty soon. Lakers don't have that. What about Conley? He's a guy who can give you threes. I mean, I wonder With how him, much Conley has in the tank left. That's what, yeah, that's one. Yeah, but I'm saying as far as just you know, just I think he's in his late or early thirties, maybe not even maybe late. Oh, he's, he's probably mid thirties at least. Mid thirties. Yeah. I mean, it can, he still can give you a bet, some better shooting. I don't know. Lakers have some issues. To just, they have There's to go to, issue. They, they had to go to the table and just say, like, look, what are the teams? What can we get? And how? And like, what can we give up? That's the only question. But the, and what but, does LeBron want? But I'm saying, like, <laughs> the LeBron issue is that if you bring in a guy like Mike Conley, he's going to be used to running the offense. LeBron runs the offense a lot. So could Conley exist in LA being a guy who kind of hangs on the perimeter and is expected to just knock down threes. Can he do that? I don't know. I don't know if Conley Conley probably could better than a lot of people think, but that's going to be the issue in terms of trading for a lot of people, because I still say, you know, Westbrook would look great if he was just given like a set of minutes where it was just him bringing the ball up, Guys, leave the paint alone and let him go to work. 
but the Lakers can't really afford that because they they are lacking in so many other areas that we're seeing LeBron having to play pretty big minutes when he's playing. And with the two of them on the court, you know, LeBron's going to take precedence over Westbrook in terms of bringing the ball up and all that. I, I don't know. Because I've asked this question to LeBron fans before. Like, wouldn't we, all right, I'll ask you, you as a Laker fan, would oh, you like to see Happy holidays, man. LeBron play on the block a little bit more? So you're saying if I would like LeBron to play on the block more than just like posting up offensively? Yeah, I mean, it would kind of relieve the pressure off of his, you know, like his off or his on ball kind of like skill. I would definitely, with him being, you know, 30, late, late 30s, I mean, mm-hmm. I, um, I would want to see him, you know, not get his body banged up too much. Um, but I feel like, yeah, it, it definitely would help. Um, but I kind of like, I kind of like LeBron on, on the ball because he can, he can shoot. I mean, he can pass. He's he's one of the more streaky shooters that you probably have. I mean, I guess the Celtics, he was cashing on y'all, man. Was he? He was. I, I watched from my own eyes. Until, until late in the game when he started but, bricking. That's, yeah, what, I'm, but that's it's, what I'm it's saying. Like they were still going in, man. <laughs> like, from has, deep, too. Yeah, like, but he'll have, like, one game like that in, like, four or five games, and then he'll struggle. Well, because he's not, like, known as, like, a Tatum or, like, a Curry shooter. I mean, he can that's still, my point. But, but, but look at his body type. If you put him on the post, he should be able to do well down there. I've asked this for years, like why he doesn't post up more. I don't know why he doesn't. Maybe because he doesn't want to get. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe because he, with his injury, with his groin, you know, he doesn't want to like use all that force on that on his body. But I don't know. LeBron, LeBron. I do agree. LeBron does better. Would be do better on the post because um, he's like he's like a six eight. He's basically a big a big man, but obviously he's like he's not exactly. seven foot. I don't understand it, and it's like. But okay, but like, let me ask like you this: LeBron fans don't want to hear that. But like, if okay, if LeBron was in the post against like Joker, the Joker, right, or Embiid, who win? Who would win that? LeBron or Joker in the post? Because LeBron, he he is known to like. You do that signature post fadeaway that goes in. Oh man! Not all the time. <laughs> I guess um, he does that shit. He, he he does that shimmy and he does that that post move like on the baseline. Yes, we know his post move. <laughs> but I mean, we that's what I'm saying. Like when you have are up against the elite, he can post up anyone like if you wanted to. Um. At an elite, at still at an elite caliber. You can plan it though that if he's posting up, he's not posting up Embiid or Jokic. You can run simple pick and roll, get like a guard on him or something. He runs down to the post. They throw it down to him, quick move, go to the hoop, and then if Jokic or Embiid switch on to him, then he just uses his passing ability or takes a fadeaway. I I'm just saying like. Yes, I get it. Some some games, he's knocking down threes. He wants to be on the perimeter. Fine. But 
those games are like far and few between. And it's like, I just think sometimes when he just sticks out there on the perimeter, he's not helping as much as he could. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, I mean, obviously when, when, if, well, who would, well, who would be, if, okay, so if AD comes back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he would be on the one block. Who would be on the, on the other block? Would it be LeBron? Well, I mean, if, if LeBron has a mismatch and goes down there, AD can move a little bit further out. And if he pulls his guy away from the rim, that, that just gives, low, LeBron, low, that gives that, LeBron more room to move. That, that high-low offense. It seems so AD. pretty simple, yeah. but they don't do it. I say, I say the same thing about AD sometimes. Sometimes AD hangs around on the perimeter too much. If I'm AD, yeah, I mean, every well, offensive I'm... possession, I go to the block, I put my hand up. You throw it into me or you don't, that's where I'm living. Yeah. You bring up a good point with that. I mean, AD, I do see him, I do see AD flying to the, to the perimeter a lot, a lot, but I'm assuming that he wants to, he wants to stretch the floor out in some, with some teams. Like, you know, he doesn't want to like, had the paint clogged up a lot. I feel like you know he, he his mid range game is you know still you know I would say not it, it's great. Um, so if, I mean if I have to look at the numbers too with that because I I I kind of have this suspicion that I feel like he was probably better perimeter shooter in New Orleans than now, and maybe that some of that's with. You know, some of the leg injuries and the back injuries, maybe he doesn't get the same lift on his shot or something. But because right. I feel like in New Orleans, he was like a legitimate threat. Oh, yeah, he was. And all that. And like I said, if it's back injury and legs, I can understand that because that's that, that would take away something from you. But I mean, you know, I just think AD, if he plays on the block, he's that's where he like dominated in that bubble run, where it's like, Fourth quarter, Lakers needed a bucket. Where did they go? They went to eighty on the block. Eighty did work, and it's like he doesn't do that all the time. Although he did that a lot more during that run when he was putting up like forty and all that. Right. But he just doesn't do it all year. So, you know, yeah, that's, that's gonna be an interesting thing to see. I guess when he comes back, what that looks like, and what the team even looks like by then. Right, right. I definitely, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I had, um, I, I, I did have. Uh, oh, you had those start bench. I had some other topics, which, which is, they're they're pretty good. But I, I, I mean, I guess we can save this for another episode because I want, I do want to talk about the World Cup. Yeah. Um, so we can save. I mean, so I had, I think I had uh, cut MJ Braun and Kobe. Um, and then Kyrie, Dame, Harden. This is the one that I just looked randomly online. Um, but we can definitely say those for like another NBA topic just for the starter because I know we took our time with the James Harden and like Brooklyn. So mm-hmm. let's talk about the World Cup. Um, I know you said we get, you had to say on, on, I think, on the Big Three podcast, but um, like this was probably one of the best like World Cups I've seen. The fact that, you know, I mean, Mbappe had the team on his shoulders. I mean, Mbappe really didn't have any, like, 
touches in this first half. He's kind of getting locked down. And then in the second half, towards the end of um, like regular time, I was stoppage time. You know, there was a penalty kick that he had. He scored it was one two. And then he scored back to back off of cross um, two two. And then there was a um, handball on the Argentina side. It was well, I think they scored, and then it was three two. And then there was a handball. Bobby took it, scored um, the basically the cap off the hat trick for the mm-hmm. World Cup. I mean, I mean, Messi and Mbappe, for those who don't know about like soccer and much about it, but Messi and Mbappe are on the same club team um, at PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, and France. Um, you know, two of the greatest players up there with Ronaldo. Mbappe definitely is, has, is still young and has that chance, you know, I want to say Clips Messi or Ronaldo, but had a chance to be up there like when it's all said and done because um you know seeing Mamape that that game is crazy but like back and forth in the like in the um second half. I mean I wanna know what your reactions were if, like you with you being a, a soccer fan, like what what did you see in that World Cup? I well what we saw was you know two great players at two different points in their career because Mbappe is only what 24 Messi's 35 I believe so you know for a lot of I guess the new fans who maybe maybe this is their first World Cup that they tuned into you know you, they saw kind of the the past era the Messi Ronaldo era and they kind of saw the beginning of the Mbappe I'm trying to think who else is, would be because Messi Ronaldo was such a great talking point for so many years. It was. Where it was like, who's the GOAT? And, you know, you had your Ronaldo people, you had Messi. Neymar falls in between those two and Mbappe. So I don't really know if now we're going to be talking Mbappe or Neymar. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe it becomes Mbappe Holland. But we need to see Holland in the World Cup and see what he can do with Sweden. So... I mean, that might be an interesting question because if you look at Man City, like Holland is one of the more dangerous strikers in the Premier League. But we just saw Mbappe on world stage. Basically, when he wanted to score goals, he scored goals. When he wanted to kind of just chill, relax, save his energy, he'd give you his little footwork, little skill moves, and then pass it off. So... Mbappe is going to be an interesting player to watch for the next like five, six years to see where he is. And I mean, I'm I'm sure that he's going to be the next one up in the GOAT conversation. But he's like, he just turned 24 like two days ago, I think. At least still, still young. I, I still say I would love to see him play in the Premier League over PSG. Because I think in the in the French league, PSG is just like a cheat code, and I I just worry if he stays there too long, will people kind of start? I don't know, not necessarily like disrespecting him or or anything like that, but will they try to minimize kind of his impact? Whereas if he goes and plays at you know Liverpool or 
uh, or Man City, Man United, or something like that, and dominates there, people will be like, "Oh, he's dominating the Premier League. That's that's like legit." I don't think the French league is on that level, but if he continues, didn't he want to go to the La Liga, uh, Real Madrid? He was kind of had them had those ties, but he also wanted to stay with PSG, but. I mean, if he went La Liga, I, I'd be fine with that because I think yeah. La Liga is really good with the, you know Real Madrid, yeah, Barcelona, things like that. Yeah, so I think I mean that would be a step up from the French league for sure. Even if he went Italy, like Syria, I think that's like a slight step above France. But I would love to see him La Liga Premier League, and I think he'd get way more exposure there. And I think people would, like, legitimize what he's actually doing. Because what he does, what he did with France in this World Cup, like, he does that with PSG daily. But the, the competition at PSG is just so bad that it's like, okay, you play with Messi and whatever. Neymar. Yeah, of course you're scoring goals. And it's just like, I mean, he's, the skill he has is just phenomenal. Like, you put the ball on his feet. He'll dance for a little bit, and then he'll just have this burst of speed and get by you. And it's just like you can't do anything against that. Yeah, like I, I, I every time when like the second half when Mbappe like touched the ball, like I, I was like, yo, this man's scoring, you know? Like, yeah. Like I, I knew like right after like he had that P, that that PK kick that first one, and he was on the fly on the other side of the field and had that cross. I knew it was going in. Because it was, it was like you said, when he had that that second gauge of speed, it's it's hard because like in soccer, because like you have to like watch your speed because like you have to like make sure you're not off sides. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard to kind of like maintain that closed line of the defense. But Mbappe does a good job of controlling that speed and getting out on the on the run. And what is this one on one with the goalkeeper? Like who's winning that? That battle, that battle. It's Mbappe. Um, there's sometimes where like, the goalie did, their goalie did stop a lot of their scoring mm-hmm. opportunities. But that's what I felt like watching that game. Like every time he had the ball in his hand, I'm like, damn. I'm like, I'm on the edge of my seat. Is it gonna score a goal? Because like, but obviously, I mean, France was was missing a couple of their key players like uh, Paul Pogba, um, Benzema, which was a big piece that they missed. Um, obviously, he retired from the French team. Um, mm-hmm. I got to look into that, see like what their, their issue was with the whole France, the whole France situation. But um, that was another score, another striker that they they missed. But the fact that Mbappe was this had the team on their sho- on their shoulders, like I mean, they were still a talented team. Oh yeah. Um, I think the Benzema. Injury was probably more than Pogba. I mean, Pogba is yeah, they were both a good injured. player. But Pogba's another one where it's like his career is kind of taking a weird turn. He used, to be, well, he used to be like one of the best on them. Um, was it Man United? Like when it's Yeah, he was like one of their best midfielders, and then he just wasn't. Then he wasn't playing. Then I think just recently it was like – he just wanted to get out however he could. And now I'm not even sure where he is. I want to say he's over in Italy somewhere, but yeah, I don't know. He, he's an interesting guy. But 
I fully expect if he did play for France, like he would have been. I mean, him, Mbappe, Benzema, that that would have been a problem. I mean, Giroud's still there, but I think Giroud slowed down a little bit. I mean, he's still talented, but he's he's not the same guy he was a couple of years ago. Yeah, and speaking of World Cup, did you see how like fought back? I like think I saw he, something. They're, like that. They're, they're, they they they're still investigating of like how he got like on the field. Um, they said he he had like a Qatar like um like a Qatar like uh, member like. Onto access pass, and like there you see that clip of like him and Messi, like he was like, "Who the hell are you?" Like that clip where like they were kind of trying to shake hands. Yeah. It's all bad. Like he does, does the little salt, you know, thing yeah. and stuff, and like, but yeah. uh, apparently he got like banned from like the uh, because apparently they were in the um, Bay, He was in the goal with like I think it was like um, it was not it wasn't Messi. It was um, Di Maria, and then there was a. Uh, who that do with the um who does like this the celebration that uh Dembr- um he played with Ronaldo on um on Juventus. Uh, wait, what celebration? He does the little smile face, the smile thingy, and then he had like the like the Hawaiian like two stripe tattoos. Um I know who you're talking about. He's on Argentina. Like he was a uh, white dude, like slick, slick hair. He played with uh, Ronaldo on um, Juventus. I'm drawing a blank, but I know, I know who you're talking about. Like they were in the goal together, like in like Tobey was trying to take the trophy, and like there's a, there's a certain like couple of players who can like are allowed to touch the trophy, and like it was so awkward. Like he was trying to touch it and like you know get a feel for it. And he got banned from like the open, I guess, open tournament or whatever in the next <laughs> soccer tournament. But uh, <sighs> they're still investigating of how he got onto the field because he had like he had the like the the Qatar like World Cup lanyard and like it could have been a fake pass, but obviously he's well known about for his restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Maybe he didn't have if they're investigating into this thing. I don't, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he didn't gain access to the field. But uh, he was trying to shake Messi's hand at the after the game. Messi was like, "Who are you, man?" Like, well, I mean, the weird thing is, if you look at Messi's career, he's had like fan interactions from people who just ran onto the pitch and went up to him, and for the most part, he like hugs them. He'll shake their hand and stuff. Where you know a lot of athletes would be scared by a fan just running at you, Messi's one of those who kind of just stands there and goes, "Okay, here's your moment. You know how you doing? Hope everything's good." And then you know security sends them off. But I guess it's kind of weird with Salt Bay that he kind of looked at him like, "Why are you here?" Like, okay, yeah. right, right. Well, maybe yeah, he maybe he just assumed that you know with with who Salt Bay is, he was just doing it just to get on camera somewhere. Whereas if it's a fan, they're doing it just for their love of Messi, and that's why he probably interacts with them differently. Right. Yeah, definitely the World Cup was definitely a, a must-watch game. I mean, it definitely was um, a nail biter to the end. It had went into penalty kicks. I know uh, Mbappe obviously scored the first penalty kick. 
Messi scored, and then the rest was history. Argentina won. Um, definitely is definitely well deserving of Messi to get to win a World Cup to his name and add that to his legacy. Yeah. Um, but do you have any final thoughts on that on the World Cup when we move to the NFL? No, I think it was it was a great tournament for Argentina. Uh, Argentina is probably still celebrating it all now. I mean, it's it's gonna make you know four years from now interesting if like if Ronaldo decides to make give it like one last ride with Portugal. You know, could Portugal go on a storybook run like Argentina did this this year? Four years from now, I mean, Ronaldo would be like forty by then, but. I mean, it'd be it'd be crazy for you know soccer fans back to back World Cups to see Messi and Ronaldo win one, or you could even throw Neymar because I don't pre- I don't think Neymar's won one either. But at least Neymar's a little younger. But um, it's just it was just a tournament that kind of lets you know how big the World Cup is, you know how how the world it's it's like like how we treat the Super Bowl. Right. The World Cup is the same thing, just a little bit longer period of time, and probably in terms of viewership, they're kind of the same because Super Bowls is like a worldwide event as well. But the World Cup's probably even more so of a worldwide event, and it definitely makes me excited to see 2026 when it's in, you know, the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Like, oh yeah, who are the new stars that we haven't seen yet? Who are going to come up, and by then will be household names, and you know, who will be the surprise teams, kind of like we had Morocco and uh, Croatia made like a surprise run. Especially with more teams coming in in 2026, it's going to be a wild, wild tournament. It's going to be freaking insane. It's like, I mean, Bappe is still in it. I mean, obviously, USA gets there, gets in because they're the host. Mexico's in there, Canada. I mean, Canada's all right. They kind of made a little noise, but not really. Um, But yeah, it's gonna be very like you give me a good point of how like you know the new players coming into the tournament, new teams coming in. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Jamaica, my, my Nick Haiti might be in there. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the uh, the NFL. Then we'll call it a call it a call it a episode. Um, so there's week fifteen reactions. Um, this Thursday night game it was the Niners versus Seahawks. Uh, 49ers won 2113. Um, the Saturday games, um, Gino, I mean, uh, Ravens and Browns, Ravens lost 3 to 13. Um, <laughs> like, oh man, Tucker missed a field goal, got a field goal blocked. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that 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 happens with kickers. Oh, you know. happen with I mean, Tucker, yes, Tucker still. The great, the best kicker in the league today, but it's like I mean, people are still shocked. Like to this day, when Tucker misses the field goal, like wow, like I mean that. I mean that just says something about how consistent he's been for so long. But it it does happen every once in a while. Where you have to worry is if he goes through and starts missing kicks regularly. Then it's like oh, maybe he's kind of lost it. But like yeah, he'll be fine. Now the team on the other hand. Oh no! Hmm. I mean, let's talk about it, man. Uh, <laughs> like the Ravens, actually, since the Jets lost, it kind of helps us out. We're clinching a spot uh, to, uh, actually tomorrow. Um, 
they're, if the Ravens are winning, if the Falcons we we in the playoff spot. Um, now it's up well, I mean, they, they weren't necessarily worried about the Jets. The, the Ravens, saying, like, the Ravens they, should be should get a playoff spot. The Ravens are worried about the division because yeah. they want to win the division. But That's I'm saying like a mix, a mix are just like are just focused on this on one game at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like Genius says, I mean the NFL is a week to week kind of game. I mean, Ravens. I mean, I'm not saying we will, but we could. I mean, the Falcons could surprise us, but I don't see them winning against us. Um, but anything could happen. I mean, I, I, I know the Texans were in it with the Chiefs last week. I mean, they could have mm-hmm. won that game. Um, until like one eleven and twelve now, I think so. The mm-hmm. Texans. Um, but yeah, now since the Jets did lose to Jaguars, which is a terrible game um, from the Jets um, side, which we'll get into that. Saw um, that coming, but I uh, yeah, we'll get into that game, um, definitely for sure. Um, but with them losing, it kind of gives kind of paves the way for us to find the playoff spot tomorrow. With mm-hmm. like you said, with us getting just ten wins, um, and then um, we have the Steelers next week, and then we have the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals kind of have a tough, you know, they play the Patriots this week, uh, which we'll dive into in the Week 16 matchups. Um, then um, they have to play the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo next week uh, with Josh Allen, you know, still in the mix uh, for MVP race. I mean, with Hurts going down, which is – some people say that it shouldn't be the case because Hurts has, has had an MVP caliber season. Um, but with him going down with the shoulder, shoulder injury, it could kind of mix up the little Mahomes, Hurts, uh, Josh it, Allen debate. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll depend on some stuff. Because I do uh, say, I, I was looking forward to that Jalen Hurts and um that Cowboys game because I know Michael Parsons did, you know, kind of was talking some crap. I mean, you low key, uh, they're like, oh, what has basically saying what has Jalen Hurts done without the stars he has? I mean, what what has Michael Parsons done with the Cowboys? What have the Cowboys done as a franchise in like thirty years? That's true. That's true. I mean, I, I, get I, it, I, mean I was I was looking forward to that matchup. Um, yeah. To Jalen Hurts. Obviously, when now I mean, they need to worry about Gardner Minshew because I fully think Gardner Minshew could beat that Cowboys team. Yeah, I mean, he has a chance. I mean, obviously, with the pieces they have, AJ Brown. Um, right. Yeah. Smith, it's not like Minshew doesn't know how to play quarterback. Oh yeah, yeah, he's he has an arm. It's just that he was with the Jaguars when they were bad, and he just hasn't really gotten another opportunity since then. Right, right. Um, so the other game, I think the well, the game before the Ravens game, um, the Vikings and Colts. Oh, that game was. <laughs> Jeff Saturday, I hope you're having fun coaching these few games because you're not keeping that job. You will you will be back on ESPN next season. <laughs> oh man! Like, I, I mean, I say that I'm jokingly. Gonna... Like, I can't I can't fully blame him. You know, he doesn't have any coaching experience. So when the lead was slipping away from him, he probably he probably tried some stuff. But it's, I don't know, it's just the Colts organization as a whole, it, it's just, 
there's a lot going on there. Because now they've benched Matt Ryan for the second time. They've turned to Nick Foles now. To be honest with you, I forgot Nick Foles was in Indianapolis. I, I was kind of wondering these past few weeks, like, when is Nick Foles going to pop up somewhere? Well, it turns out it's going to be in Indianapolis this week. They did the whole thing with the coaching situation, pulling Jeff Saturday from a, a network to come coach when they could have easily just taken a guy who's on the staff already and made them the interim coach. But Jim Mercer and all of his wisdom went the unconventional route. And I have serious questions like after this season, if Saturday isn't there, what coach is going to want that job? Because the quarterback situation is a mess. Jonathan Taylor is starting to break down seemingly, and he's like your best offensive weapon. Uh, you have Pittman and Pierce at wide receiver. You can do some work there. They don't have a tight end. The offensive line is worse than it was supposed to be. And then the defense is, yeah, I guess. You know, Stephon Gilmore's there. He's starting to get old. And we saw Justin Jefferson kind of have his way with him in the second half there. But. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if I'm a young coach trying to get my first job, Indianapolis is not where I want to be. No, but look, I mean, look at, I mean, the, the, I guess the subject of something that Saturday can look at is look at Dan, Dan Campbell. Look with the Lions. I mean, they've had a culture where they were a poor team. Dan Campbell was a coach previously, though. Oh, well, I know that. But, like, this, I mean, I know I that's the difference. Has, yeah. yeah. But Campbell, when you see Campbell and you hear Campbell talk, it's like Campbell looks like the type where if you gave him a young team, you know, not a lot of expectations, he'll find a way. He he seems like he can build like a real connection with his players and they want to play for him. I wonder with Saturday, like how many players were actually cool with Saturday being named the guy based off of him not being around the team. Well, I think he was like an advisor or something, but I mean, players probably didn't really talk to him like that. I feel like if Ursay picked one of the coordinators who are already there, they probably, they might've been playing better. I just think a lot of the players are just like, you know, let's get through this season and let's see what else. Let's see what happens. I, that's right. just the way that I would think about it. But I mean, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I was in a group chat. I was like, yo, the Colts had this game in the bag. And all of a sudden, game shit just went downhill. Um, game, The game just went downhill. I mean, there was times where the Colts had a chance to, you know, the Colts had a chance to, like, steal the, steal the bag. But obviously with you know, a team with, you know, obviously they have a better quarterback with uh, Kirk Cousins. They have a better receiving course with Justin Jefferson. Um, a better running back with Dalvin Cook. I mean, the better run that he had. Oh my gosh, um, that run that. I mean, like, I, I can make the argument if Taylor's healthy. Taylor is right up there. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't know how I'd give that. Like, but I'm saying as far as Dalvin like, Cook, yeah, I, I guess I'm saying as, as of like right now. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah, injury problems. I know. I get that Taylor was what was he like? Didn't he? Didn't he win an award last year with for like off the player of the year or something like that? He or he was in a running for it. Yeah, he, he had a really good season last year. 
That, that much I remember. But yeah. that run by Devin Cook, man, to like you know set that momentum. Um, the fact that he didn't, he he had his eye set on the end zone. He got knocked down a couple of times, but he just didn't. He kept on going. Um, just the fact that you know history was made that game. Like the the only team in like the Super Bowl era had the team come back from like thirty three points or more to win a game. That's just crazy. Um, I, I mean, think it's, that it's definitely tough to do. I think that kind of like, with me being a Ravens fan, that kind of like makes me makes that feeling of the Miami losses kind of like, all right, yes, that's all right. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> what? Oh, the Ravens man. are a better team than the Colts. It shouldn't happen to Baltimore. So the Colts no, no, should be I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm saying the way the Miami came back on us, the way that like, the way they rallied that, the team around. No, you, you shouldn't feel better about that one. I mean, but I mean, will we, I mean, we, well, we see Miami in the playoffs this year? I don't know. That's where it comes down to, man. That playoffs. I mean, that's, that's, more, that's more of their circumstance than that game. Because if the Dolphins don't make it, it'll be because, you know, Tua couldn't get the win over – Buffalo, they couldn't find a win to beat New England on the road. That would be the reason to keep them out because um, I think what the Dolphins are on like a four-game losing streak right now or something. So somebody on that team's going to have to figure out a way to get them out of this mess that they're in right now. Because like you said, if it continues, they'll find themselves outside of the playoffs like the Jets. Not too long ago, the Jets seemed like a comfortable playoff team, and now look at them. They're probably going to miss it. The AFC's just been that close this year. That's good. That's wild. And they, like you did make a bring up a good point with that. Like The AFC has been wild. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the NFC, I mean, we all know, I mean, the Eagles, you know. But is this with that Giants, that Commanders? Um the pa- even the Packers, like the Buccaneers, are crazy that their their records are trash, but they still have a chance to make their playoffs. It's like kind of like crazy because yeah, like it's like two different stories. The AFC is it's tight because of the quality of teams. The NFC, it's just a lot of unpredictability because even going into the playoffs, we don't know what Jalen Hurts will look like in a playoff situation. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, we don't know what they'll look like if they have a game prime time in the playoffs. What's that going to look like? Are we going to still see the team that doesn't seem to be able to win in prime time? Uh, if the Giants and Commanders were to make it in, what's that going to look like in the playoffs? You know, the Cowboys have had talented teams in the past, have come up short. Will we get more of the same there? So, And even with Tampa Bay, if Tampa Bay gets in, Looking at their possible matchups, it's not weird to see them be eight and nine or nine and eight, win that division, and then still somehow find a way to an NFC championship game. That's wild, man, because Tom Brady is still the quarterback. That's right, because your first matchup would be the Cowboys. We've seen the Cowboys in the playoffs, like I said. And then after that, you're looking at a matchup against Jalen Hurts. And like I said, this would be Jalen Hurts' first time being 
a favorite in a pressure pack situation of a playoff game, how does he respond? And then after that, he'd be playing in an NFC title game against like Kirk Cousins or uh, Daniel Jones or something like that. It'll be like, well, of course you'd probably pick Tom Brady at that point. So, I don't know. It, the playoffs this year, both sides, it's just going to be it's gonna be weird and wild. It's going to be very interesting. Okay, so I guess that leads us on to um, like the week 17 or week 16 um, matchups. Um, or picks, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we Thursday night. Oh, man, that's terrible. On the 3 to 19. Um, terrible if you're a Jets fan. <sighs> If you're somebody I mean, like me who said a couple weeks were, ago the Jacks could win that division, I was loving every minute of it. Yeah, no, we, I think we all, me, you, and Dylan, Dylan all agreed on Jaguars winning that, in that division. Um, but there were some moments in the game where, like, you know, the Jets defense kind of held the Trevor Lawrence up, and the Jets had an opportunity to, I mean, I, I'm going to say key, like, key phrase, had the opportunity to, you know, get the lead closer. I think it was like 13 to three um, most of the mm-hmm. game. Um, I mean, they were, I mean, hurt. I mean, not hurt. I mean, uh, Wilson is just like, he's very inconsistent. There was a reason why Kosala kind of benched him and put in Mike White. I mean, the fact that Mike White, I read that, um, I think during the last or the game he was in, um, with that rib injury, he had to get cleared by like, I think a 10 or 11 doctors for, in order for him to play. And even that, he still wanted to play with a broken rib. Like, that's saying something. Um, now, and, and I feel like Mike White has that better give – that, give the team that better swag. I mean, the players love him. Um, but who the hell sure. – but who the hell was that practice squad quarterback that came in? <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, no there, who he was. there were plays where, like, damn, like, he was running it. He was like, oh, shit, should I pass it? Should I run it? Like, he was, like, in the pocket trying to, like, decide what to do with it. But he gave yeah. that, that – that. it's crazy how, like, when the quarterback comes in, like, a different quarterback other than Wilson, like, the whole game kind of changes. Like, they're they're going they're going down the field, almost in scoring position, almost got a touchdown, but, you know, had a three and out. Um, and it was funny to me that every time Wilson touched the field, like, the boos were coming, but there was a lot of people like on the Twitter and like you know Facebook and like you know other platforms saying that why didn't they put in Joe Flacco, um, the more elite arm? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I feel like they would have. I mean, he would have given him a better a better chance to put up points, because um, they had that dog. I mean, they I mean they have a good receiver. I mean, not good, but they got you know. A subpar receiver room with like you know Garrett Wilson, yeah, he's a dog. Um, you know Elijah Moore played, I think I believe he has his shit straightened out with his issues. He's playing now. Um, mm-hmm. they, they got you know um, uh, Cor- uh, Corey. I was his. Uh, oh, Corey Davis. Oh, Corey Davis. I mean, they they had the receivers to like make plays. It's like. Zach Wilson is not the man to do it. And, like, even in the press conference, he still didn't really take accountability for his actions. He, he kind of did. And then when he was like, oh, like, oh, I could have played better. I could have put my team in opportunities to win the game, which you, I guess he should say. But, like, he didn't say it was, like, my fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, um, yeah, I mean, 
things have been spiraling. And like you said in the group chat, like they're just talking all this crap when they're in the number one team or in the division. Mm-hmm. And now look at them. Giants fans are, or Jets fans are quiet. Um, well, I, I mean, I know why they did because Jets fans, you know, I mean, they're passionate, like a lot of uh, fan bases are. And I think for them, they understand that this defense is good enough to win that division and win a couple of games in the playoffs. Their issues are all a quarterback. And I think a lot of Jets fans probably fell in love with Zach Wilson when they drafted him because, you know, that that draft class, he was rated up, like, really highly as being a – I think they compared him to Mahomes when he was at – during his final year at BYU. So Jets fans assumed they were getting a Mahomes type of quarterback, which they thought would be enough to win that division and, and consistently get back to the playoffs because they haven't been there in a while. Where now we're seeing the Mahomes comparison was definitely not warranted. And I don't even know what Zach Wilson is at this point. He has a strong arm, yes, but his decision-making is terrible. And because of his arm, he takes way too many risks. So maybe you could look at him as a young Josh Allen. Because Josh Allen, there was a lot of questions about him his first few years in the league. But I don't see Zach Wilson making that that type of transition. So then it's like, is Zach Wilson going to be Johnny Manziel, who came in with a lot of praise, and then is gone in like a couple of years, and you're just like, well, that was just another failed experiment. So this upcoming season is going to be very important for him. Whatever lessons he needs to learn that Robert Sala is hoping that he learns, he needs to figure it out now because he may single-handedly destroy his own career without him necessarily knowing it right now. And it'd be a, I mean, I guess a sad story because he is talented. It's just that he just, just he just hasn't put it all together yet. But as a Patriots yeah. fan, hmm, I don't care. <laughs> oh, uh, that's funny. Like, you all talk, uh, are you like, oh, Zach Wilson, that all is a talent. Oh. Oh, I, don't I love seeing the Jets miserable. I right, love it. Because yeah. Jets fans, yeah, they, gotta... they are the first ones who will talk trash to the Patriots when they're down or they lose or something. And Yeah, I got a couple of Jets. Uh, yeah. I got a couple of Jets. Like, like, I have a couple of Jets fans that, you know, are crazy and, like, are diehard fans. They're like, oh, the Jets are that. Like, y'all are. Yeah, it's like, calm down. But um, I get it. That's 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 Northeast fandom right there. New York, Philly, Boston. You know, that, that, that's how our that's how the fan bases are. Because we yeah, also um, talk about that in the group chat, like South who? fans versus the North fans. Oh yeah, and it's it's just too different. Um. So we have uh, this is run down the. Uh, so we have Seahawks, Chiefs, um, Ravens, Falcons, Commander. Well, let's do the prime time. Like, well, they're all on Saturday except for the Packers, um, Packers game, Broncos game, and Buccaneers game. Um, but yeah, I guess the majority of the games are tomorrow. Yeah. 
yeah, like Saturday is like a normal Sunday, and then Sunday is like a Saturday. That's how this schedule is this week because of Sunday being Christmas. Christmas. Course, but, yeah. Um, I guess I got the major games. Um, I know. Uh, I guess primetime game on Sunday night or Saturday night would be the Raiders and Steelers. Um, Pittsburgh are two and a half or two point favors. Um, yep. Basically, elimination both, games for one of them. They're both six and eight. Yeah. Um. Now, if Kenny Pickett is has clear concussion protocol, I will give the edge to the Steelers. But I mean, I'm not talking down on. I think Devontae I think Adams Pickett start. And that, that's that's gonna be a good one. Um, like, who do you have in that game? Because I mean, obviously, I feel like Adams is gonna tear through that that um, that Steelers cornerback uh, room. Devontae Adams, I feel like Josh Jacobs is going to have, have a game, have a day. So I, I would kind of have them as an upset. I mean, actually, that would be my upset probably. Um, but I don't want to rush into that yet because I'm trying to still look at the schedule. I like the Steelers in that one, actually. I think Pickett coming back makes a big difference. I could see George Pickens having a good game against the Raiders. Uh, I could see T.J. Watt disrupting Derek Carr in that offense. I think, I think Tomlin, with everything that's gone on this year, finds a way to keep his streak alive of his teams finishing above 500. In order to do that, the Steelers are going to have to win out. But I'm not going to count them. I'm not going to count against Tomlin in terms of doing that. And I feel like. Pickett has shown throughout this year that he can play winning football with the Steelers group. And I'm not going to, you know, overreact to the Raiders win last week against the Patriots and all that to all of a sudden think like they're, there's, they're this really good team or anything like that. I feel like these two teams are pretty evenly matched. And I, I just think the Steelers find a way to pull it off. You know, maybe it's the home field aspect to it, but I, I, I think the Steelers get the win and pretty much eliminate the Raiders from playoff contention. Yeah, like the fact that you brought up that both teams are like, it's like a do or die, like, you know, winning, you're in kind of situation for a playoff spot. Oh, win and stay alive at least. Or, yeah. win, or win and stay alive. I feel like this is like, it's going to be a hard nose kind of game. Um, both mm-hmm. teams want, want to stay in a playoff hunt. Um, I just don't know who can stop. Adams, I mean, on the cornerback side, I know Joe. Um, I'll tell you how you stop him. TJ Watt hits Derek you know Carr. Yeah. If TJ Watt is in the backfield, then that's just less time Adams has to get downfield. And if he can't get downfield, then you can like bracket coverage against him in like the 10 to 15 yard area. And you kind of just take your chances and see if Derek Carr will look somewhere else or if he'll continue to try to force feed it to Adams. So I, I think the script is there for the Steelers to win it. And like I said, I, I think they pull it off. Yeah. Um, so we had the game before that, um, Eagles and Cowboys. Obviously, Minshew is playing. Um, so that hurts. Dallas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Do you see them winning at the Eagles since – or do you give the or do you give the Mitchell and the Eagles the, the upper hand? 
So the Cowboys should win this game because I don't think the Eagles are going to be too dynamic because they might face each other in the playoffs. But I think Minshew finds a way. I, I think Minshew's going to take full advantage of this opportunity to start a game. Because of that, you know, he'll play the best game he's probably played in a while. And I think the Eagles' defense will be able to, you know, stop the Cowboys' offense, which has been kind of up and down these past few weeks. They had a good week last week, but like the prior weeks to that, something was missing. You know, Dak's been throwing more interceptions now than we're used to seeing. And, yeah, I I think the Eagles find a way to do it. And, you know, Cowboys fans will be – upset you know monday and tuesday morning but yeah i i think i think Minshew does it all right all right all right um okay um i definitely see detroit being the panthers they're two and a half point favorites kind of in the small margin but i definitely give them the edge over the panthers um, now your Bengals play the Chiefs. I mean your your Bengals. I mean your Patriots play the Bengals. I mean, um, they the Bengals are three point favorites, so it's not really that high of a point differential. Um, so who do you see winning? Uh, that's pretty good for a road team. So they're basically saying neutral field. You know, Bengals are like a touchdown favorite, which I can agree with. Um, so you think the Bengals can? Can will beat your Patriots, or you think um, Judon and that defense will get the burrow? Well, Judon and Uche, it's going to be an important oh, yeah, game for them. They're 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 going to have to hit Joe Burrow if, if the they Patriots, don't. If the Patriots win. I you think can, the Bengals you can help us. Yeah, because I think the Patriots can help my team out with the loss to the Bengals yeah, or Patriots, the win to the Bengals. They worry about your team. They worry about themselves at this point. And well, after well, losing. Well, I'm saying after losing to Minnesota Thanksgiving, after losing to the Raiders last week, their oh, yeah, margin of error is, is pretty slim. And although that's I think they, that's why I think they're going to win because like they they had more to like win than lose. I mean, basically they control their own destiny at this point. Yeah, they do. They they have a 14 percent chance of getting in. If they win out, they make it no matter what anybody else does, and. I think I would be right there with you if the Bengals weren't playing for something either. The Bengals are trying to win the division. The yeah. Bengals still have a shot at the number one seed. So I think they're going for that as well. The The worry is that the Bengals offensively just have so many weapons. Now, Hayden Hurst isn't going to play. So that does help a little bit. But, for... Yeah. But you have Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Mixon. That's a lot. So Judon Uche... Oh, a key piece that it is missing next game is Hubbard on the defensive side. Their yeah, linebacker. Yeah. That's a big piece. So Yes, that, um, that helps because the Patriots offensive line has been struggling, but they still have Hendrickson. So that's good. I mean, that's that's where this game's going to come down to. It's Judon Uche, Bentley in the middle, the linebackers, because he's going to be the one who's going to have to stop mixing in the running game. The secondary, you know, secondary is good. It's just that we'll have to see if they could cover all three of these guys. But I I think the Bengals get this one. And, I mean, it's tough to say for me, but 
I just don't I just don't like what they're doing what the Patriots are doing offensively to make me think they'll be able to stick with this Bengals offense. But Belichick surprised people before. You know, when you count New England out, his teams find a way sometimes to just, you know, steer people the wrong way. It's just I just I just don't have any faith in the offensive game plan week in and week out, like what it's gonna look like. So I gotta go with the Bengals. All right, well, that's a, that's a good pick. Um, I mean, about Vikings, uh, Giants. Um, the Vikings are four point favorite. I I, I think the Vikings will beat beat them. Um, uh, yeah. Titans. Well, the Vikings Texans. can't play the way they did against the Colts again. Oh no, nah. they have to have a hot start against the Giants. A yes. hot start. Yeah. Yep. Um. I mean, the Ravens play Falcons. I mean, they're a six and a half point favorite, like that they should. Um, Desmond Ritter's starting. Um, so mm-hmm. let me just focus on Baltimore, right? So, okay. <laughs> so there has been a lot of conversation on Twitter, another sports outlet saying that, like, the question is, what should we do with Lamar Jackson? Or the question is, what should Lamar do with the Ravens? Because so Lamar, obviously we all know that you know, Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta has made it known that they want to keep Lamar Jackson because, you know, they that's their franchise player. But they haven't really proven to me or the Ravens community that they want to keep Lamar because they haven't really given him the pieces around Lamar, like, you know, top-tier receivers. Um, so what – so drafted like – Two in the first round? Yeah, well, Bateman was injury prone. He didn't really, you know, play. I mean, that's I mean, not, Duver- I mean, that's, other not Duvernay, the, that's not to say the Ravens didn't try to get him somebody. Well, he, they well, couldn't help. I'm saying, like, Bateman I mean, would you rate Bateman as, like, a top five as Adams and Diggs? He was drafted in the first round. A lot yeah. of quarterbacks don't get that. That's true. Um, but Bateman has, hasn't really seen the field like that because he's been injury prone. And that's not really the Ravens' fault. It's, I mean, it's has already been able to stay healthy. Um okay. but I'm Duvernay, I'm saying as far as like you know, you do oh Duvernay, he's probably the only one who has who has been I mean Proche hasn't really had a much field time at whatever like um that's, that's but Duvernay true. but Duvernay has really you know proved to me that he's the number one target but I was he got hurt he's not gonna be able to play. Um and they give him Mark Andrews to, Yeah Mark Andrews yes but he hasn't had a touchdown since like the He's been kind of quiet lately, but he still is our answer. You could, you could put that at the doorstep of the man who's throwing him the ball. I mean, yeah, he did. He okay. did. Chop, well, he did. There's he more did, to it, though. He did jump a he did jump a jump a jump a touchdown pass on K. Dobbins. No, no, I'm saying there's. Yeah, he's got pieces there. But I'm saying, Look like, at their as defense, far as all, they went and traded for all season, Smith. Bumps. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm saying on this, on just the office side. Of this, like, I'm saying in the past, like free, free agency. You know, the like, like you said before, um, Josh, Josh Allen was not the best cube. I mean, he was the like coming into the draft, like after the mm-hmm. draft, like his arm was needed Great. to be worked on. He just still, had like he was. Issues. 
Yeah, just like Lamar has accuracy issues. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But now they got Diggs. They got Davis. Um, the Ravens have okay. been kind of like, I wouldn't say scared, but they've been kind of like veering off towards, you know, obviously, obviously the O-line is important for protecting the quarterback, but mm-hmm. as far as getting like a top-tier receiver, as far as like, you know, on a list of like, you know, a Cooper Cup or like a D-Hop or like a – um Here would be my question. D-Hop, Cooper Cup, play a certain style of wide receiver. Does that fit Lamar Jackson's? I believe so. If I mean, if, uh, Lamar can throw. We, uh, I've, I've said several times on this show and other shows that Lamar can sling the freaking ball. Um, imagine if he had like a, sure. a go get it receiver, like a how about Delia at Jefferson, or mm-hmm. we just need a big body receiver. You know what I'm saying? We don't really have any big body receivers like a Keenan Allen or like a. Mike Williams, you know what I'm saying? A person who can like go grab it, you know what I'm saying? Like we do have, we've had like Duvernay on the RPOs, the jet sweeps, um, you know, the play action. I get that, but well, like, most the big that, body receivers are more like possession type receivers. They don't necessarily go down the field, right? But so I guess your my question to you is like, if you're a part of the Ravens organization, like front office, mm-hmm. it's the off season. What do you do yep. with Lamar? I mean, do you sit down with him and say, hey, or or first let me put you in Lamar's position. Like you're the, you okay. know, an elite quarterback, you know, you've gone into the season at, on your last year of your contract. Mm-hmm. Going into the season, you want to prove that just, just like an Aaron Judge, like you want to prove that you you're worth the money you're getting. Yep. So the offseason comes around, playoffs, and depending on how far we get to the playoffs, like you know. That that is a factor because you know how mm-hmm. we get into the playoffs, whatever. Um, but okay, Super Bowl winner is Super Bowl winner. All season is in is in play. You're mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. What do you come to the? I mean, obviously he doesn't have an agent too. So, what what questions are you asking the front office as in terms of how? In order to, for me to, in order for y'all to keep me, what can y'all bring to the table for me to stay here? Because he 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 he's, he said that he wants to you know continue playing a Raven. I mean, obviously, as far as right now, when they're part of the team, he has to say that he couldn't sit there and be like, I mean, I mean, okay, I, I feel like he deeply, I'm trying to get up like, out of here. They'd be like, yeah, what? I mean, I feel like deeply and I think but like deeply down inside, he does have a he does have a place in Baltimore. I feel like he should stay in Baltimore. Um, this is, I mean, but like, but like, I want to put you in Lamar's shoes. Like, what, what, what questions do you have for the front office? Of hey, I know I'm getting this big contract coming mm-hmm. to the next year. Like, what, what can y'all prove to me that y'all can, you know, help me out with this, with with this? Because obviously, he put the contract negotiation off. He said week one. Like, we're not talking about no contract yeah. negotiations at all. Like, mm-hmm. but now the. The gates are the gates are open. Contracts are are on the table. Um, tell me, man, what are you like? What are you thinking, as Lamar Jackson? All right, so let's see. It's a lot of so a lot me, of factors. Okay, I, I'm trying to keep my own mentality out of this because if I was actually Lamar Jackson, I'd probably go about it a little differently. But as Lamar Jackson, I would probably sit there and be like, okay, is is anything offensively going to change? Are we 
going to change philosophy in any way. We're going to continue to be run first. Are we, you know, is there ever going to be a moment where you're going to let me spread the ball around and kind of do some work? If they say no, because we're kind of built our team to be a run first team and we want you to be, you know, a play action type quarterback. Okay. Then let's do that. So, in terms of wide receiver, is there any, are you guys open to upgrading, bringing in somebody new, or are these the guys that we're, we're going to stick with? Because I get it, you've drafted wide receivers in the first round, past few years, so maybe you're not doing that anymore. But, you know, in terms of free agency, are you planning on bringing in somebody new? See what they say to that. Maybe after that you go, would you think about bringing in, uh, I'm trying to think, what? I mean, I don't know. It's kind of weird coming at it from his aspect. Like, if I was coming from the team, I would know exactly what the team would say to him. But, all right, so I guess Lamar would probably go like, all right, so we're looking at numbers here. Now, I feel like I'm up there with Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, guys like that. But how do you view me? That's probably his his first question. Like, how do you view me in terms of the quarterbacks in the AFC? And if they say, look, Lamar, let's let's be honest here. You know, are you Josh Allen? No. Are you Patrick Mahomes? No. Are you Justin Herbert? No. We view you on uh Justin Fields level, Man. whatever that means. Justin Fields. If they said that, I'm walking out the door. No so if Lamar hears that. Now, how does Lamar take that though? Does Lamar take that as Justin Fields? What's he done? Or does he look at it as okay? Justin Fields is a guy who can run, who can throw. May he's not. I, I don't, it's just weird because what, what Lamar Jackson does at quarterback. It's hard to kind of, you know, extrapolate that over the next few years as opposed to Allen and Mahomes because those are guys who, yeah, they move around in the pocket, but their greatest attribute is their arm, whereas Lamar Jackson's greatest attribute is his athleticism. And I think the part that's going to scare Baltimore, maybe in terms of giving them crazy money, is that are we assured that you can last the next five years? Lamar will probably tell him, yeah, I, I, you know, I keep myself fit. I, you know, if you guys want me to run less, we can do that. But if you want me to run less, then we're going to have to change this offense up a little bit. Because a lot of times I'm running because I'm probably the best equipped to, you know, get us a first down with my legs necessarily over my arm and i think that conversation is going to be interesting but like you said if i'm lamar jackson i'd go look deshaun watson got this money from cleveland to you am i better than than deshaun watson if the team goes i guess then maybe he could feel some type of way about that if he goes russell wilson got this from denver 
I'm better than Russell Wilson right now, so I want more than Russell Wilson. But the team could say, Denver made that mistake. We can't make that mistake because we want... Actually, that might be his question. Russell Wilson got this. I'm better than him. I'm willing to take less than Russell Wilson if you tell me what you would do with the money. And whatever their plan is, Lamar can decide off that. If they, if they just tell him, yeah, we'll use it, we'll, we'll bring in a third wide receiver, whether it's, I don't know, player X, and Lamar goes, okay, that's, I, want, I, I, I want you to bring him here. And then they say, defensively, we'll get, you, we'll, we'll get so-and-so. And we're going to tweak the offense a little bit because we're worried about you running so much. We want you to become a better passer who can still run. Maybe just hearing that, Lamar would be like, okay, I will sign. I don't need the most money. I just want to know that you're invested in me as a quarterback and that you think that you could win a Super Bowl with me as your quarterback. So that's probably that's probably the only question he probably really needs to ask. So I guess I'll go and then we'll go and then we'll think about it. I guess go from the team's angle. Yeah, the yeah. Organization. So as a Lamar, I'm coming in like this, man. Big trust, baby. <laughs> no, no, no. But all seriousness, though, if I was Lamar Jackson, the first question I'd be like, okay, is we're about to be 2023. Mm-hmm. I guess this is a question for any like promotion or any job, new, new job offer. What, where do you see me in the next five to 10 years or short term, five years? Um, you know, I would say like, okay, that, look, that would it, probably give that give the organization an easy out because they'll just be like, "Oh, we want to win a Super Bowl." Yeah. So like, but that'd be the first. Like, where do you see me? I guess. I guess. Let me rephrase the question. I guess where do you see me in the future mm-hmm. as his quarterback? You know. Um, but like you said, like where? I mean, the AFC is only getting better with the, you know quarterbacks and talent. So where do you see me? I mean, obviously, you 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 see me th- throw the ball down the field, but what if y'all want to win a Super Bowl? You know, say next year, like you said, what pieces can we get to get there? Because people know that I can run the ball, mm-hmm. but people are saying that if I if I, you know, my shelf life as a quarterback can only be this much. So how can you prevent me from running the ball so much in order and to keep me in that pocket more so I can be able to, to pass the ball on a consistent level? What should we do with the O-line? Because obviously the quarterback is nothing about an O-line. First of all, we, we do have – we, we did get Leonard Bunk, which I think he got smelled for a Pro Bowl. Um, that's my opinion. He definitely deserves the Pro Bowl. Obviously, he's a rookie, but – um, that's, I know that's hard to, to make your rookie year, but I feel like he's shown enough on the old line this year that he deserves a, a, a bid for the Pro Bowl. But um, um, what can we get on the old line? Um, what receivers can we get to help us that fits my ability? Um, 
we I, I I respect that y'all have made this offense around my talent, but what what pieces can push us to the brink of having a great defense and a great offense? That's the first question. Number two, as Lamar, I'd be like, but like you say, you bring up a point, like the Washington contract. I mean, this man has not played a whole f- two full seasons, damn near, mm-hmm. and has gotten a five-year what? Or was it a five-year deal? Five-year, thirty million. So. I can't remember. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, how, where do you see myself? I know why he got that deal, but yeah. I mean, yeah, because I mean, they the Browns valued him. I mean, that was the best QB on the market at that time. You know, you know like. But even looking at Watson and Lamar, Lamar's Watson's better. Watson's skill set based off of how he was in Houston. I think he's better than Lamar. The only thing that makes the contract wild is that we hadn't seen Watson in two years, and we don't even know if Watson's going to get back to that, to that level. Yeah, but if he does. Watson will be a scary quarterback in that division. Yeah. So, and, then, and then if I'm Lamar, I'd be like, listen, I know I don't have I know I don't, I don't have an agent. I'm re- representing myself. I want to see your numbers. Where do y'all see me? I mean, if y'all want to value me as a franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. what are y'all's numbers? And then, then Lamar will talk to, I guess, his mom. I think his mom is, is, is his agent, I think. Um I think, so, yeah, like I think it's like a small team of you know trusted people. Yeah. Okay, I'll go back home. I, I, I respect that too. I do. I do too. I mean, yes. I think he's the only one with like Bobby Wagner. I think he's representing himself. I think he's some other players too. I think mm-hmm. Metcalf is the one that doesn't have an agent either. Um, yep. So that's cool. I mean, I'll get your numbers. I mean, I'll, let me go back home over some dinner, talk about this with my family, come back with you. I'll tell you my numbers and see if we can match it. This numbers, Matthew's numbers, but um, if I'm Lamar, I mean, I would, I mean, I would be asking more questions than the organization would be asking Lamar. I mean, I'd be like, hey, where do y'all see me talent wise? I mean, if you've seen that Josh Allen has was well, not as good of a QB coming into the league, but obviously he's gotten better with the weapons mm-hmm. he that he has had. Uh, Gabe Davis, I mean, I know came in um, as a rookie, I think, and Diggs, uh, you know, is a well well established wide receiver in the league. Um, so what receivers can you bring to the table with, with this money? I know the cash space might be a little tight um, as far as, you know, signing players. Um, obviously, like I said, in, for the topic for our Monday night show, that anyway, we now have another thing with Raquan Smith. He's another rookie that's on a rookie that's on a rookie deal. And should we sign, I mean, should we sign him first to be the leader of that defense? And then franchise mm-hmm. tag Lamar? Or franchise tag Raquan and then sign Lamar. And that's another question because, I mean, Lamar. I mean, Raquan. That was a, that was that was a terrific signing that we had to for that staple of that defense. You know, to hold that line with Queen. That's a awesome move. But if I'm Lamar, Unless I'm like, you're you know, yeah. I mean, that's our goal. I mean, I, I would think to like you know reassign Raquan. Um. If the money's right, um, mm-hmm. I mean, he plays like a raven, you know. He fits that scheme. Um, 
hard nose. I mean, you, you, you can brush it off if you as long as you want to, but well, I mean, the I, way I was like, it's been a couple of games, you don't know that, but I couple I think of I, games, I but he, he, he hit a couple picks and like he sat a couple of sacks like here and there, like no, I, I get um, where you come from. But he holds that he that could be a centerpiece for like you know building around that right. defense. Obviously, Queen's there. Um, I would say Roquan. Even that's crazy. I, 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 I've always seen that Roquan is older than Patrick Queen, but Roquan's a twenty five, so it's not like or twenty six. So he's still young. I mean, I thought he was like he played like a veteran. Like he plays like a young Patrick Willis or whatever. Like you know, what I'm saying like who can who has room to like be that Ray Lewis of that middle linebacker group, you know what I'm saying, that leader. And he's still young. He still has a lot of talent to, like, you know, withhold and, you know. Mm-hmm. But if I'm Lamar, I'm like, bro, like, Ravens, Harbaugh, Eric DaCosta, what are y'all doing? What are, what are y'all plans for the foreseeable future, like, with this team going into next year? Um, what? How can you help me be the best QB I can be for in, in the AFC to come? Because, like I said, the AFC is getting tougher. Um. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's gonna be a very interesting conversation um, in the all season, you know. Um, but yeah, now, now let's turn the manager cap on. Uh, how would you go about from the managerial side? Yeah, so <laughs> you know, he comes and he sits down. I would go, okay. We we've been at this for a few years now, and of course, we'd want you back. Because to us, we feel like you have more value here than you would going anywhere else. Uh, I mean, they can't necessarily ask him, like, if you don't re-sign here, where are you looking to go? Because Lamar probably doesn't know that. But for me looking around the league, I'd be like, Lamar, you don't necessarily fit in a lot of places because of your unique play style. And we feel like since we know you best, we know what pieces work best around you and you know people on the outside may not see that but if you look at the team that we have we're gonna win 10 11 games a year so if we're doing that then clearly we're doing something right because a lot of teams that don't do that consistently so yes have we won a super bowl yet no are we close i think we're close and just a little bit of a tweak to the roster here or there, we're right back in the same situation next season. So, I mean, if that's what you want, you can stay here. At what number? I mean, they would they will obviously wouldn't say this to him, but I just pulled up quarterback salaries, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers, three years, $150 million, $50 million a year. Would I pay that for Lamar? I wouldn't, but Lamar's probably not looking for a three-year deal, so we'll wipe that out off the board. So he looks like long term. Yeah, I'm assuming he wants yeah. your standard five-year deal, whatever. I mean, Josh Allen did six years. Patrick Mahomes did ten years. I, I don't crazy. think Baltimore goes ten years because, once again, as the managerial part of it, do have some concerns about past couple of years you getting hurt at the end of the year with some of that being because maybe you run a little too much so we get that 
looking at five-year deals, Russell Wilson, five years, $245 million. We're, we can't go that high because we want to improve. We want to continue to improve around you, Lamar. So don't don't worry about those numbers. Kyler Murray, five years, $230 million. Fuck. That's still a little high. Still a little high. We, we, we got we to pull it back a little bit. Deshaun Watson, five years, 230, once again, still too high. Dak Prescott, four years, 160 million. Maybe that's a little bit more workable for us. So how do you feel about that, Lamar? Now, if Lamar goes, no, I want to set the new market, then it's like, we, we couldn't possibly do that. Because if we re- if we signed you to a Russell Wilson type of deal, that means you're going to lose some pieces here. And I mean, it might be another couple of years before we're back to where we are right now. And once again, if you if you think you could get that money somewhere, you know what? Feel free. Go out, find that money, and then come back to us, and we'll see if maybe we can make it work at that point. I think that's all they really can say at this point. They they have to know what Lamar is trying to do. Is he just trying to be comfortable? You know, not necessarily think, the yeah, highest think, paid. For me, I think he's trying to be like the best. The I feel like yeah, I'm, I feel like he wants to be in that Josh Allen, Mahomes. He he, I think he I think he's uh, just, it's just there's a few playmakers away, like a few receivers away from you know. Getting there. I mean, he well, has how, Mark Andrews there. Receivers, are you, you expecting us to bring in here? We can't load up on wide receiver and neglect other aspects of the team. Yes, see, that's the most trickiest part. I still you know, say, I still say, looking at Lamar, the type of receivers that will work with him are probably bigger intermediate area wide receivers. I, I honestly don't see Lamar as the type who's just going to air it out and consistently throw deep balls. I, I don't think he's that type of guy. So I mean, we don't, we, we don't, don't know because he hasn't, he hasn't had, we haven't, he even had that. I, I just, I just don't see it with him. I see him as your, I mean, at this point, out. I mean, at this point, like Eugene and like other people who can't, and other people who don't know who, who, who have, Doubt in his throwing or just assuming that he's going to have a career where he doesn't, you know, have it. I, have I'm just saying, I see him as a guy who's comfortable throwing like slant routes, curl routes, guys over the middle. Yeah. If you're going to sit here and then go out, spend money on speed burner types on the outside, I think you're doing a disservice to Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's that kind of guy. You know, you want to bring in, you said like DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is known as outside the numbers, flying down the field, you know, contested catches, stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know if that if, I don't know if that's the type of guy you want to bring in for Lamar. And then you've also talked about Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden was a guy who went over the middle, made tough catches. That those types of guys are what Lamar needs. So I mean, I don't know who's on who who can compare to Anquan Bolden in the market. I don't know. I was saying you like, don't necessarily need a big big body like that, but you need yeah. guys who will go over the middle. It may not be, you know, a 
a pass that's like right on them. They might have to stretch a little bit for it, but you need guys who aren't afraid to do that. And because look at look who his favorite receiver is now. Mark Andrews. Why? Because Mark Andrews is a target in the middle of the field. Yeah. That's why. And that's where Lamar's comfortable throwing it. Because you start throwing outside the numbers and the the accuracy issues there are more noticeable because if you're off a little bit on a throw outside the numbers, it could sail out of bounds. You could throw it too far inside and it gets picked off. Across the middle of the field, got more room to work with. So that's why I'm like, it's it's going to be tricky to try to compare him with Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert. Those guys are known for just throwing the ball all around the field. Where like, like I said, Lamar is more, I'm trying to think of who is comparable in that same aspect. Because even Kyler Murray likes throwing it downfield outside the numbers. He may not be the best combination. I mean, Lamar might be in the world of, and it's turned the court. I mean, Lamar might be in the world of his own, you know what I'm saying? Because he's just Lamar, man. Like knowing he's okay, in the world so of his. Even if you go about it that way, that yeah. still poses other questions. Because it's like, one, as I said before, does his style of play with running the ball, does that is that something that's sustainable? Because there's been other guys who could run around the pocket and they didn't last as long. That's a, yeah, that's a question that I would pose to the team. Like, more more. That's, a pose, that's a question that he should pose to the team at, at the table. Like, hey, how can you prevent me from – I mean, obviously, yeah, if I, if I see a gap, I'm going I'm to hit it. I'm gonna hit it hard and run it, but how can you? How can y'all protect me from getting hurt? Because obviously, the I mean, only, the Bills, I, I think the only way you really do that is. I mean, their O line has. They as, probably change the playbook a little bit. Maybe you incorporate I like more. I feel more like Greg Roman play. is an issue too. He's a he's an issue too because like his his plays are just but questionable. He, he's had success with Roman. I don't know if I can yeah. put that all on Roman. I I just think it's. But I don't think I don't it, think Greg it's Roman almost is the same thing. Mike Vick, Mike Vick was one of those guys that he had a really good arm. He wasn't accurate. He could outrun a lot of people, and because of that, I don't think he worked on his accuracy as much because in the back of his mind it was like. Worst comes to worst, I'll just scramble out of the pocket and I'll just run by people. Not saying Lamar thinks the same way. It's just that will Lamar get better as a deep ball thrower and a thrower outside the numbers? I don't know that. And I feel like Baltimore can't really compensate for that either. And that's the tricky part. Because if Lamar does get better at that, then he becomes that much better of a quarterback. And then you kind of change the way you build a team. But the way the team's built right now, if they bring Lamar back, I don't see it changing much because the way it's built right now fits Lamar's style. Now, you can ask the question about Harbaugh and them, whether or not that style in today's NFL will ever win you anything. But for the guy that they have, it kind of – is what it is at this point and what they need to do. Yeah, because the Ravens are I, – I mean, I feel like they're in a tough – I mean, I never get catching up to, like, the two-and-a-half-hour marks. They got to, you know, uh, end it with the final picks. It's, and tough. They, it's tough either way. Yeah, I mean, it's tough being Lamar, a, it's like, 
it's like it's like where does he go right and then and another point is like if i'm a ravens like owner or like manager like of the organization like in-house it's like hard because like like you said when you're playing a role of like lamar and like both the lamar and the uh managerial aspect of it you said that hey we are in a we are not in a rebuilding state we are in a win now super mode so they're in a they're in a hole where yes they can make the the office better but mm-hmm. I do want Lamar to get his money because he deserves his money. Like, yeah, I feel like he deserves like whatever he gets. Um, at the end of the day, he'll uh, get money. It's whether or not he gets as much as he, he wants. wants. But he'll the, get a the, contract. The, like the, the problem so I, to, I, like, like here's the problem, a question: You want to stay in Baltimore or go play in Atlanta? Because Atlanta will probably give him money because they'll need but a who, quarterback. But, but Atlanta, but who has Atlanta? They don't have pieces. I'm like, just, so from Baltimore's like really, point of view, like really, this just went to Jaguar, Jacksonville. Yeah, but I'm saying this, this is what Baltimore's gonna look at it. You want to go to yeah. Atlanta? That's why the Ravens have the Atlanta? upper. That's why the Ravens have the. Yeah, that's why the Ravens I think have the upper hand in this situation because, like, like with the terms of negotiations, because, like, hey, I mean, the only the only suitable team that kind of like Lamar will want to go to will probably be Miami because they got Tua and Waddle. That's the only team that I see them making like, but, but other teams like, but but other but teams it's like about two are throwing to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I feel like two. I feel like they. I, I feel like they. Better. I feel like they want to keep Tua in a way to see if mm-hmm. he can like kind of like progress. I wouldn't see them moving on from Tua. And, and now I would say if Tua had like come back from the injury. I would say if Tua had a bad you know outing. Um, I would say, yeah, it turned to Lamar, but like you're right. Like, like what team fits? I mean, do you see him in the LA Chargers uniform next year? I mean, do you see him in a Timber Bay uniform next year? Like, I couldn't see that. I I feel like Baltimore is like the right Chicago. Hell no. Um, Eagles, no, because they got Hurts. Packers, no. There Um, is one spot that he could go. My only thing is, they probably wouldn't give him the money that he needs. San Francisco. Yeah, because then we'll they have him Trey and Samuel. Yeah. Only thing would be, do they want to give Trey Lance? Well, I mean, Purdy's not their future yeah. plans. But yeah. if the Niners could get Lamar Jackson, they might do it and then probably trade Trey Lance somewhere. But that's a situation where they run a run heavy offense a lot of their passing plays are you know not it's not dynamic passing game they just have dynamic playmakers who you just get the ball in their hands they can kind of make magic happen which is kind of what baltimore does like you said they run you know reverses with duvernay because they know you put the ball in duvernay's hand he's got great speed he can make something happen and with Kyle Shanahan, you know, he would make a way. Only problem is, I don't know if the Niners will be in, would, would be in the running for him. So that might, that would probably be the leverage where Lamar could be like, hey, I can go to San Francisco and play with a much better team, pretty good coach, in a division that's not that daunting. The Rams are down, Cardinals are down, the Seahawks are a little bit better, but... Maybe Seattle with Pete Carroll. 
I don't know. I just don't think there's a lot of options for Lamar, and that's where Lamar's going to get stuck. Like, will they just come back with the same offer they offered this offseason that I turned down? Is that just going to be the offer now? And do I want to take that? If I turned it down before, would I take it now? Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to see, like, once the Super Bowl ends and, like, you know, all season starts to kick in to play, like, I'm excited to see what the – I mean, obviously we, we won't know what the conversations, conversations are going to be like in the room, but, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see, like, you know, because obviously oh, – like, Some, he, some of these was, insiders might come up with something like, I'm hearing the Ravens are offering this. I'm hearing Lamar wants that. We might get one of those in the offseason. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, he didn't want to take any, like, press questions about, like, contract. And I get that. He wants to fix on the year and everything going into the no year. no problem with that. Yeah. No, yeah, no issue with that. Um, I feel like that would be a distraction to, like, the team. And so um, he cut off all Yeah, because they'll just ask him every week. So, Lamar, are you closer to a contract now? Or have your numbers changed? It'd be like, I don't I don't care right now. Right. I'm just trying to win ball games. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But who knows? Like, who knows, like, from this conversation to now to then, like, say if Lamar comes back against the Bengals, or maybe they rest them to the playoffs when they get that berth. If how how, how deep they get to the playoffs, will they get to the AFC Conference Championship? Will they get to the Super Bowl? Possibly, just you know, that, I'm just putting it out there, like how far, how far, how far, how sure. yeah, definitely, like, and then, so whatever we're saying right now could be bullcrap by the time that happens i'm not saying it's bullcrap what we're saying i'm saying like it could change you know yeah, um, yeah. depending on how far we get um because the storyline is yes lamar has like what it's like 35 or 40 wins and 12 13 win losses in the season but the critics come is where the critics come into play is how lamar can push this team deeper to the playoffs. And they, I think he's one in three in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can improve his playoff record. Um, and I mean, I think that, and like, as I've said before, like, you know, when playoffs happen, I mean, records are zero, zero. I mean, anything can happen, anything can happen at any given time. <laughs> this reminds me of like, like me being a diehard Ravens fan, this reminds me of like, I, I'll compare it to the, I mean, obviously, on the other side, we had, you know, Jacoby Jones and, like, Aquan Bolden on the other side. Um, but I compare it to, like, the, that, that, that Ray Lewis every defensive playoff run because, like, if we, if we can get into, deep into the playoffs, it can contend with our defense. Obviously, yes, we got to put up points. Yes, that's important. But I feel like our defense can go up against anybody. Um, it definitely looks different um, than last year. Obviously, we, haven't, we didn't make the playoffs at all. Um, but we have a healthy Marlon Humphrey. We have now Peters. I know he's hurt. Um, we got Williams. Um, you know, we signed him. I know Clay's Campbell's hurt, but he might be back by playoff time. This is that, that was a big blow uh, for this week's game. Um, but I feel like our Divas can contend with anybody in the playoffs. I mean, I feel like, you know, with adding an addition to Raquan Smith in the middle, um, that changes our defense in the middle of how we can either blitz the, 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 the quarterback or – be like a lure, kind of like a, um, a middle linebacker who can pick off an interception, you know what I'm saying, or mm-hmm. a pass. So, um, but obviously, with that, I mean, it wouldn't matter if the defense stops stops plays if we can't put up points, but I know that is a factor. Better yep. playoffs is scoring points and stopping team on defense. If we can stop team on defense, 
and kind of have a lead against these teams and just don't mm-hmm. put the don't take the foot off the pedal. We can we can contend with any team. I don't give a crap if it's the Eagles, if it's the Cowboys, Gene. I'm coming for y'all. Key, I don't care. We we will defend anybody. You. you don't have to worry about <laughs> them yet because you gotta get past oh, Kansas oh, City. No. I, I know yeah. that. But I'll say but, we, yeah. we can contend with with anybody in the freaking NFL in the playoffs. Like I have that much confidence in our defense that mm-hmm. we should, I mean if Lamar, I mean I I don't want to be constricted there, but I think that Lamar, yes, he's dealing with the PCL strain, but I think he's I think he's low-key healthy. I think they're just keeping him straight for the playoffs. I mean, obviously, they might bring him back for the Bengals game. I mean, there's no need to play him with the Falcons. That's... Yeah, there is. I mean, yeah, there's a point, need, but I mean, if he we... wins, you're behind Cincinnati in the division. I know, but if he wins, Those weeks that you right? had weaker competition and you lost a couple of those games, it might end up hurting you in the end. Because no one Because those really are games has... that if you'd won... You'd still be ahead of Cincinnati right now, and you'd have you'd be able to be like, okay, we're we're a game or two up on Cincinnati. Lamar, don't play against Atlanta because if we lose that, who cares? We got the Steelers I mean, next week. Even yeah, then, you're right. Fine. You're, I mean, you're right. But, but now, if the, the Bengals win this week, and let's say the the Ravens find a way to lose to the Falcons, now it's a two game lead for Cincinnati, which means you now have to beat the Steelers and then the Bengals the last week, just to get a tiebreaker. And then at that point, you win the tiebreaker because you would have won the season series against Cincinnati. Yeah, but that's that's a dangerous way to go about it, though. That's a, that's a scenario, yeah, definitely for sure. But I mean, I mean, with nobody want, had really, nobody had really came. to come down to a game against no, the Bengals who could not. be even hotter by then. No, definitely not. But I think hey, if Bengals, it could be the same thing as a Bengals. Bengals can mess up and lose to the Patriots. Get blown up by the Bills, lose to the Ravens. There's a difference, though. I think the Bengals, if they had to go on the road to Kansas City, they've already been Kansas City, so they're like, okay, fine. We know our weapons can work out there. If they have to go to Buffalo, fine. I don't think the Ravens are as confident. I think for the Ravens, they would love it if those teams had to go to their building. But the odds of that happening at this point, I don't even think that's I feel like having a healthy Gus Edwards and a healthy Dobbins, um, you know, in the playoffs. I mean, that's just we, feeds into the we, same conservative had, style. We so have known. But, yeah, but now your defense that. has to hold, a, hold Herbert, Mahomes, and guys like that to yeah. 16 known that points, Chiefs, 17. But we know that the Chiefs are rushing defense is terrible. Uh, so that that's a, that's a that's a one thing that we can look at for. I if mean, their yeah. offense scores quickly and the Ravens find themselves down, and then the Ravens go on like a ten-minute drive and kick a field goal, all they did was waste time. And then let's say Kansas City comes back, scores another touchdown, blink of an eye, you're down fourteen to three, and your offense is still methodically moving down the field. That's where, that's why I say when it comes to certain teams in the AFC, the Ravens may have issues because the Ravens are built to get an early lead and then kill clock and yeah, or like force your team lead, to yeah. go, and then force your team to like slowly work their way down the field until the point where you know they kind of get over aggressive 
trying to make yeah, plays because they're that, running out that, of time. That's and probably then, what happened in the Miami game. The Raiders, like, we were up there. And, yeah, then the Raiders like pick off a pass and they're fine. But if that doesn't happen, how does the Ravens game plan go? Yes, questions, man. But um, yeah, let's uh, let before we end, let's go do our picks real quick, and then we can just end it. Um, it, it, it's yeah. been a good show. I mean, it's been a great show. Um, yeah. But um, I guess my lock. Hmm. I will go. I will go with my Ravens. But I, I, like, I'm gonna go with the Bills. Bills to Chicago. Um, that should be a somewhat easy game. I mean, I know, I know it's in Chicago though. Uh, cold weather. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bills have been, are used to that anyway, being in Buffalo. Um, but that shouldn't be an issue. I, I, I would say, I, I would say, if they were playing in like a warm weather, you know, state, um, they would be different, like Miami. But um, they both play in like the cold tundras of you know snow, um, so I wouldn't really factor in the weather. Um, so I, I would say that that's my lock. I would, I mean, I would say the Ravens are my lock because they're a six and a half point favorite. But I mean, I'm going. I mean, that's kind of a, I wouldn't say guaranteed win, but I know that they should win that game. No, just just knowing that the fact that they have, you know, the if they win, they're they're in the playoffs. You know, um, mm-hmm. so I guess they would be, you know, wanting to win that game. Especially with Desmond Ritter, I don't. We're gonna get to him most of the time, like. I have faith in Justin Houston and um, um, Adafi Owe and well, Quam. We're going to get to him. I feel like Williams, he's going to have a couple of picks. Um, it's going to be, ter- you know, the Falcons, <laughs> that game is going to be terrible. Like, I'm, I'm for, for the Falcons, like, they don't know what they're going, they don't know what they're coming into with the Ravens defense, man. Like, <laughs> like that's why I don't think it's a primetime game. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, nobody wants to watch God that. Not. <laughs> but um, as a, if I'm the Falcons, I look at it like the same Ravens team played the Panthers. They won thirteen to three. They beat the Broncos ten to nine. So if we get that Ravens team that we're seeing that has trouble scoring points, hey, we just have to hang in it. Maybe it comes down to. You know, Cordero Patterson punt return or something like that. Maybe he scores on one. Right. Maybe we can steal a win. I don't know. And then for my upset, man, think about us. It's going to be the Eagles and Cowboys. Um, Cowboys are four and a half point favorite. I mean, I know Minshew's mm-hmm. playing, but. I have faith in that roster that that receiving corpse and Adrian Brown and um and uh, Devontae Williams or Devontae Smith. So mm-hmm. I have faith in that team. So yeah, my lock is the Bills against the Bears. And my upset um would be against uh, Eagles against the Cowboys. Okay, um, for me, my lock. I'm going Lions over the Panthers. It's not that big of a spread. I just like what the Lions are doing right now. Uh, Darnold is playing better lately with Carolina, but I just think the Lions keep it going. And then my upset, I always go kind of out there with it. I like the Texans over the Titans. Uh, Tannehill's not going to play. I think there's some questions about whether he plays the rest of the season, which will play into 
you know, my Jaguars winning, well, not my Jaguars, but my pick of the Jaguars winning that division. If Tannehill doesn't play, the Jaguars will win it probably easily. But the Texans, yes, they only have one win on the season, but defensively they come to play every week. And Malik Willis, if he's the starting quarterback, I've seen that offense with him. It is nothing nothing important that goes on with him. Him throwing the ball, not that great. He kind of wants to run all the time, so he'll be very one-dimensional. You know, they're going to try to run Derrick Henry as much, as much as they can. And I think the Texans defense will just load up in the box to stop Derrick Henry. Now for the Texans, the question is going to be quarterback play. But like I said, I don't see the Titans running away with that. So I think the Texans hang around and then beat them late on a field goal. So that's my upset, which, you know, it's kind of tough picking a one-win team, but I really see that happening. I think the Titans are slipping slowly. Yeah. Uh, I was, I'm just looking at the um, – I think all opponents are picking the Ravens against the Falcons. Um, I think we – That's what they should. Well, I mean, ESPN has it's basically like 67 – like 68% Baltimore, 32% Atlanta. Yeah. Let's see. And the Falcons don't even have a road win this season. Oh, yes. oh yeah, I forgot, I forgot they're in Baltimore. In itself, which is like, you're telling me at no point in this season you could win a road game, but that's the state of Atlanta Falcons. I watch yeah, it way yeah, I forgot. I, I forgot they're in Baltimore. Oh, wait a minute. They do have a road win. I know so we I, did. I feel, um, I feel like ESPN's running a, running a story that they haven't won on the road when they beat Seattle on the road in week three. Hmm. I mean, that's their only road win, though. So. I know we did pick up Sammy Watkins, I mean, for DuVernay's absence. Um, and so he looked. guy that just cannot stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, um, I mean. I don't know who other receivers were on the market at the time. I know uh, Beckham was still on the market. I mean, a Cowboys had to talk with him about him having his physical and stuff and him being worried about injuries. Odell is just loving. I mean, what receiver was on the market right other than? I was saying Odell's just loving the attention right now. He has no interest in signing anywhere right now, but he just loves them <laughs> talking about it. No, I mean, I have no problem with them signing Watkins. You know, he's. He, he can definitely. Can they get a game or two out of him? Sure, they don't need him. It can for, definitely relieve. You know, um, I think it will definitely relieve the pressure off of Mark Andrews. I mean, I know Mark Andrews is built for this pressure because I know that since Duvernay's out, they might double. Oh yeah, but I feel like um, since Duvernay like, is out, basically Mark Andrews is the top target. Now with mm-hmm. Watkins, they can kind of focus on Watkins and to kind of like have Mark Mark Andrews open more often. But we'll I'm still focusing on. Oh, and then we have Robinson. We have freaking uh, Jackson. He was. Proven, you know, he can catch a ball um, and, you know, run for catch. daring Baltimore to not throw to Mark Andrews. That's how I would play defense against them. Yeah. Throw to whoever you want. We're not going to let you just throw to Mark Andrews when you want to. And then let's see what that offense looks like. Because yeah. Mark Andrews, but, uh, top three tight end. So oh, it makes yeah, sense sure. to target him. But, yeah, I, I would still cover him. Like, whatever. Sure, sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, do you have any uh, 
final thoughts before we close out before the holiday? No, I mean, you know, holiday season, you know, just should be a time of nothing but love and all that. You know, don't worry about all this craziness that's going on in the world. Um, if there's somebody you haven't talked to in a while, reach out to them. Could make their day. Also, like, be safe because it's like flu season, cold season. And I think there's like COVID surges all around the country again. So, you know, it's, it's getting kind of crazy out there in terms of, you know, being sick and all that. So definitely be safe with all that as well. Because the last thing you want to do is like, you know, infect your family at this time. So, yeah, just be safe and, you know, hug a loved one. And if you can't hug them, call them and tell them you love them or message them. However you want to. Yeah, I mean, spread that. Like you said, it perfectly, man. I know, like, uh, you know, we're in the midst of winter season, um, you know, especially with the weather and stuff. I know I read that, uh, I think tomorrow, today or tomorrow is like the worst time to have like a snowstorm because of people are traveling to family and stuff for holidays. So it's like, you know, if you are traveling and up in the area to make sure you're safe um, on a plane, um, make sure you, you know, just like Kyle said, you're, um, you know, hug a, hug a loved one where this is like other than Thanksgiving this is a time where, you know, you're with your family and, you know, me personally, I never, I never, um, you know, have a have a dull moment with my family. I always share some moments I have with my family. And uh, oh, and also, um, since this is the last podcast of the, well, no, I would say the second last podcast of um, for the New Year's podcast. I mean, I am officially a 2023 graduate, so uh, you know, earn my uh, <laughs> oh man, it's been you know a lot of stress off my shoulders. Um, to be honest, like I. I knew Christmas was around the corner, but I just didn't really care because, like, I, I was more worried about my assignments and, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, since, like, you know, I'm done with school, like, I'm like, yes, Christmas is around the corner, you know. So, I mean, I'm done with classes, um, looking for internships. So, kind of like in the process of, like, you know, LinkedIn and stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, just definitely a big weight off my shoulder uh, for sure. I don't worry about going to classes and traveling and commuting up there mm-hmm. um so yeah another thing to celebrate um but for sure it's been a good episode um you can follow the podcast on spotify apple podcast youtube is on the that's where the live stream of the podcast is facebook live uh, and on twitch too mm-hmm. um i know kyle you're on the victory with me and then you also you're on pregame pissing with uh godfrey and um gene I know you have your own show, um, Chum at the Bit. Yep. Love that show. Um, definitely, if you need a guest on there, I'll definitely be a guest on there if you need me to be, man. Like, uh, yeah. But definitely, it's been a good episode. And um, yeah, man. Um, happy holidays. And uh, I'll see you New Year's Eve, man. Or New Year's, I guess. I guess that's Friday, I guess. Or... Yeah, New Year's week. Huh? Yeah, I guess we the day before New Year's Eve. Mm. All right, man. Well, that will wrap it up for today's episode. I want to thank all the guests who have tuned in. You know, Brett, um, Diggs, Diggs, by the way, Seven, um, Ty, you know, you know, thank you all for tuning in. 
Um, but yeah, that, that, that wrap it up. Thank you all. Yes. Happy holidays. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. What just happened? Yeah, I think I hit the delete video button by accident. <laughs> oh man! All right, this this wrap this show. <sighs>